welcome to the 14 News Podcast with your host, James Coppert. Oi, oi, Minkers. Happy holidays. Much love to everyone listening. I hope you're safe and well. I hope you're not too stressed. It can be a really difficult time of year. It can also be an amazing time of year. So I hope you're all on the latter rather than the, the first one. So we've got a really, really special show. I've got um, some guests on and we've got a Christmas quiz all about the folklore and traditions of Christmas. What I will say um, is I haven't got time to edit it and there might be some naughty words and things on the show. Um, it's, it's nine o'clock on Christmas Eve Eve and I haven't even fed the kids yet. So I'm putting this up now. So I'm just going to give that warning that there might be the odd little word that slips in um, and some, some maybe some naughty jokes. So um, just a warning if you have any delicate ears or children listening, that that is going to be there. Um, thank you so much to the guests for, for joining us. Um, Kevin, Tim and Sam. I hope you really enjoy it. And uh, yeah, let me know what you think. And... I'm going to do the Christmas shout outs and I've got some thank yous that I want to say at the end of the show um, because it's uh, this is a little Christmas thank you to you guys. So I'm going to upload it now and I will speak to you at the end. So everyone, welcome to the 14 News Podcast Christmas Extravaganza. Um, I've got some very special guests tonight. Some of them you've heard before, some of you'll, you'll be hearing for the first time. Um, so uh, welcome. For, first of all, uh, uh, someone who's a, a 14 News veteran. What's going on with that? Um, welcome to Tim. That's you, Tim. Hey, uh, all right. Season's How greetings. How's I'm life? very well, thank you, James. Thanks for having me. You've had a bit of a stressful time. Well, it's just that, it's just, everyone is, isn't it? It's that run up to Christmas. It's the last few days. Everyone's got to get everything finished. And, you know, otherwise the children will be crying and no one wants that. So, yeah, pressure's on. There'll be plenty of children crying on this show, I tell you. Um, oh, some of the, God. Some of the uh, folklore that we've got here. Um, you're not going to give me nightmares again, are you, James? Oh, not, not that one with me standing over your head with the Christmas cracker again, Tim. <laughs> I don't think that was a Christmas cracker, but I don't want to talk about that. Oh dear. Well, Sam, you you, you had a, a cameo on the 40 News podcast at the um, film festival, didn't you? Welcome back. I did, yeah. I was just uh, I was just going to ask Tim if he'd pulled that Christmas cracker. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we'll talk about that after we've uh, finished recording. No, I'm only no 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 no. <laughs> I'll show you on the doll, and that's that's the thing, and it show you on the doll. <laughs> and um, um, Kevin, who sat there wondering what the hell he's got himself into over in LA. <laughs> yeah, greetings from across the pond over there. Yeah, thanks for having me on, James. Uh, long time listener, first time caller, and um, in in sweltering sunshine. Yes, yeah, but the only children that will be crying on my end are the ones that I won't let out of the basement. So none. <laughs> we've um we, we've got the highest energy prices in the in the world at the moment so um yeah sitting in sunshine even at christmas sounds delightful you can have it i'll trade you it's yours <laughs> so um we're just gonna do before we we start um the quiz um so those of you at home if you want to grab a pen and piece of paper if you want to join in um and and top up your score and send it to me afterwards 
I'm going to ask you guys, how's your year been? Um, what has been your favourite book that you've read, your favourite movie and the best album, if you have one? Um, let's go with, back to Kevin. Go on, we'll go with you first. Uh, yeah, year's been amazing. I've just been uh, been working and traveling, but uh, that's super boring. So let's jump into the other parts. Uh, favorite book, uh, Cormac McCarthy finally wrote another book. So been reading The Passenger, um, haven't gotten into the companion piece that comes after that, but it's absolutely amazing. Um, as far as movies, I really I struggled with this one because there's been a bunch, but um, David uh, Brucker's like Hellraiser. Everybody gave him shit, but I thought it was actually, it wasn't a perfect movie, but it was really good. If you're not familiar with the director, it's the one that did The Signal and The Ritual VHS. Um, I, I thought it was uh, really like true to form as far as the actual Clive Barker uh, telling of Hellraiser. And then for albums, there's a band called Nice out of LA, uh, put out an EP called Must Be. It's definitely the one I've been listening to the most, but that those are all, you know, Depending on what time of the day you ask me there, I'd give you a different answer every time. But since you asked me recently, that's what I wrote down. Um, yeah. yeah it, I've, been, I've been listening to that Knives album as well. You have? Yeah. It's, it's absolutely amazing. You know what is so, so we're leaving here and flying up to Oregon today. And then of course they're playing a show about six blocks from a house with fear. <laughs> the band from oh. like the 80s is playing at this place called Alex's Bar, like six blocks away from us tonight. And we won't be in town, but to see fear and night in like this, uh, it's a small little space, maybe holds like 150 people would have been absolutely amazing, but you know. Yeah. Thank yeah, typical. I, I normally find out about amazing shows the week after they've just been. Yeah, that's a good time to find out. Yeah. But I've just got tickets for Jedi Mind Tricks, Immortal Technique, and R.A. Rugged, the Rugged Man all on one bill. So that's going to wow. be good. Yeah. Where's, where's that? Yeah, Manchester. Nice. See, yeah. I don't know if you saw that uh, Botch is doing a reunion show. But yeah. Tickets to that. Uh, I hope they tour the UK. That was one of the greatest uh, shows I've ever been to. It, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, you know, this one's going to be in February. They said it was just going to be a one-off, sold out instantly. So then they did two nights and then they just uh, announced another show um, that's going to be in Tacoma where they're actually from. Um, and then uh, there's, there's, I just can't imagine them getting, like putting this much effort into putting this all together and not touring. Yeah, yeah, they're they're yeah. bigger now than they ever were when they were together. Yeah. Um, it would it'd be silly not to do it. The only reason they wouldn't do it is because, you know, Brian Cook is in like Russian circles and some other larger projects but uh I, i'd be surprised if they didn't end up end up over towards you oh, so Maybe. exciting yeah. yeah really exciting seminal band they and they just got more seminal and kind of legendary after the album came oh, out yeah. right they, they yeah, taught it yeah. they taught here with um dillinger escape plan for their first ever uk show so it's dillinger and botch and it was um, so you saw that tour that would have been yeah. absolutely incredible i i saw dillinger right after that but you know that was like kind of what got we are the Romans basically was the result of that tour. Yeah. Like that's where that came from. That's when they really just stepped it up a notch when yeah. blew everyone's tits up. Yeah, amazing band. <laughs> um, Sam, what about you? Me, yeah. Uh interesting, yeah. But just back to botch. I never really got into them um, a lot. I've listened. Sam. I know, I apologize. But uh yeah, what didn't some of the members form minus the bear? That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Seeing them live, they're really good. Um, and then they went kind of cheesy for the last couple of albums, like really cringy love songs, but <laughs> still really interesting band. Um yeah, 
so back back to my year. Um, yeah, I've just been writing code. That's what I do, um, and just being a dad. And yeah, and probably a highlight for my year was actually going to the 40th Film Festival that Tim puts on in Gloucester. Um, Great weekend. Yeah, just thought thought I'd get it in there. So yeah, I was. Yes, uh, I appreciate that. <laughs> I was a replacement for for James's girlfriend. Um, just not in only, only at the one. yeah, only at the festival. <laughs> I replaced James's girlfriend many a times, but you know, <laughs> on the doll, Sam. Show us on the doll. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, enjoyed that weekend. That was was that the beginning of September, wasn't it, Tim? I think so. Got yeah, to meet uh, Tim. first weekend of September. Yeah, it was. It was uh, yeah, great time. Yeah, it was great it was to meet you. Well, brilliant. So. Yeah, and you, a brilliant time. Um, probably the highlight of my year. Definitely, uh, I had a oh, really good yeah. time. Met some amazing people, um, and James and I got up to some. Silly shenanigans. Um, <laughs> this photo evidence that Tim's seen, and, and the drive yeah, back was TK also Max interesting. Yeah, TK will never be the same again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Especially those kids who came around the corner and saw what he was doing. But that, yeah. that's for another time. Um, yeah, book, books, films, music—difficult um, one because quite a lot of the films and music and books and things I, I read, watch, listen to are all they've not necessarily been out this year um so film wise something kind of corny and obvious the batman i really enjoyed seeing mm. the batman yeah yeah um we went james and i went together to the cinema to see it i thought it was a really was good it, film it was like um, emo batman wasn't it it was yeah uh it had its faults but overall the cinematography was incredible mm. um and it was just just really engaging it didn't feel like it was it wasn't like nearly three hours or something runtime. Mm. I know you had a bit of a snooze in the cinema, James. Yeah, but, um... I was doing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was good. It was a good film. Um, Music-wise, I discovered a band that I think might be from LA called Cannons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Cool. So they released an album this year. I think it was this year called Fever Dream. Um, mm. So there's loads of the first half of the album is really good. Um, kind of like synth pop disco-y stuff, um, which isn't all that I listen to. I listen to all sorts of stuff. But yeah, a lot of a lot of those songs off that album I've played nonstop, especially one called Hurricane, which has got a brilliant video you should check out. It's on YouTube. Um, and then books-wise, uh, uh, James bought me an amazing book this year. I don't know whether it came out this year. Probably not because it's paperback. Um, but Humankind by Rutger Bregman. Uh, <laughs> kind of about... Okay, yeah. yeah, he's he's Dutch and you're Dutch, so yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's how you pronounce it. Okay, well, yeah, I, my Yorkshire accent kind of didn't really do it justice, but um, yeah, that was I've not finished reading it yet, but it's it's just quite life affirming and and really nice. It's about how human nature is naturally kind of people work together and help each other and. Um, and it, go, it goes against the kind of the idea that that people are nasty to each other. Um, people are naturally greedy and selfish and things like that. So that that was quite a nice uh, nice book to read. It certainly lifts the spirits. So yeah, I think that's my book, film, music of the year. So yeah. excellent. Yeah. What about yourself, Tim? Oh well, I, I'm going to have to go with something from the film festival because we were inundated with cool movies that I like were completely fresh and new to me. Um, so it's it's probably going to be 
there was a short film Tea with the Reaper, a, a comedy sort of mockumentary about two um, paranormal investigators. It was just probably one of the most funny things I've seen in like the last 10 years. So that is up there as well. But there were really uh, another two that were sort of like really sort of stand out for me in terms of like the cinematography. And um, they were um, Mara, the seal wife, which is sort of like mm. that was just an absolute sort of unexpected joy when that Beautiful. came into the film festival because they managed to tell this story of this this sort of like woman who's a kelpie and and they go through like telling the the the, the, the sort of the transformative process of her you know transitioning from you know into human form and back again and all that without any sort of outlandish cgi and they do it really classy um as well as that i was really pleased to see like it's so rare when you when you have films come through the film festival that you have any sort of um sort of like unusual British regional dialects or any of like the older like um, languages. So like to see Scottish Gaelic being used in the script like really well and beautifully was just like another thing that um, that, that made Mara the Seal Wife a real standout, standout film for me really. And, and so, so that one and Tea with the Reaper, um, those are films for, for me that really sort of, um, you know, excite me, want to see more from the filmmakers and, um, um, yeah, so so that that was real pleasing, and obviously the film festival's a good place for for you know just surprises like that to show up. So hmm. those are my films. Um, music. I'm probably going to be a bit boring here, but like I like No Gallagher. Uh, uh, sorry, Liam Gallagher's latest album. Um, I'm I'm one of those uh, sort of stuck in the '90s really with a fondness for the old Britpop movement, and like my dream, like for for 2023 going forward, if nothing else happens, I'd like to see the Gallagher brothers get back together. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's that. Um, and then books. There was um John, John McGowan who I worked with on um, he was in Cat Hunters. He he put out a really cool series of books on the big cat phenomenon called the called the British big cat phenomenon. And um, yeah, four books published in the series, which is just like such a lot of work for, you know, for anyone to put together. And it's like they're, they're really beautiful, well-researched, cool little tomes that, you know, for, for anyone who's sort of got an interest in cryptozoology and monsters and everything, it takes it right back to the start. And it's all in there from, you know, the history and the origins right up to the present day. So awesome. that's, my, that's my book of 2022 as well. Tim, awesome. what is the what is the what is the big cat phenomenon like? What is that? Can you explain that? Oh yeah, well yeah, I, we did a couple of films about it, uh, documentaries. Me and uh, me and a, uh, a mate of mine, Matt, um, and it's basically where people had exotic pets going back in the sixties and seventies, and then when the regulations got a bit tighter, um, you know, because government sort of realised there was a lot of unregulated and dangerous animals out there, um, a lot of the owners just turned them loose. Oh, that's that's all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that fixed the problem. That fixed the problem. Um, so, so yeah. But I mean, that's it in a nutshell, really. But they they they've obviously sort of clung on and been able to sort of you know remain hidden largely in in rural parts of the UK. And there's you know thought wow. to be breeding you know leopards and pumas, the odd jaguar. Are people being are people having encounters with these? People are having encounters. Yeah, luckily there's no real significant reports of attacks on humans or whatever, but people are seeing them getting good video footage. You know, people are putting trail cams out there. Yeah. Domestic pets are being taken. You know, livestock are being taken. Wow. 
Yeah, so it's, that's that's a thing. Yeah, so that's what the big cat books are uh, about. And yeah, if I if I can, you know, I'll be a bit self indulgent for a moment as well. Film of the year. It just happened. So yesterday, Pantera Britannia, which is a film that I produced with with Matt Everett, that got listed on Amazon. So if anyone wants to watch a film yeah. about uh, the mystery big cats, they can they can check that out. That's on Amazon Prime as of yesterday. So. Fantastic! Congratulations, Tim. And you you were on um, two of your films were on national TV this year as well. Oh, yeah. So, again, that was a big cat subject. Yeah. So um, it, it's been a real cool year for that. So, yeah, Monster Week on on Blaze, which is the free to air um, sister channel of the History Channel in the UK. Um, they put, yeah, they put Britain's big cat mystery on and the first episode of Cat Hunters, The Search for the Beast of Exmoor. They went out as part of Monster Week back in the end of October. Amazing. And did well. A whirlwind. Yeah, it was it was really impressive. Apparently, the, the the ratings were really good. So you know, let's just hope that there's uh, there's scope for for more along those lines in the future. Because it was a real fun journey making the show, and then actually just to get to, to see it on 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 TV was something else altogether. So yeah, mind blowing, really. Yeah, well done. That's amazing. Appreciate yeah, for, that. for me, for me, my um, I think my my favorite film it was it was actually one at the festival, which Kevin would love. Um, I don't know what what some for, but it was about a, a man that finds a uh, a dummy and um, yeah, a German yeah, film. Yeah, that was interesting. Berlin Bride. Berlin Bride, yeah, yeah. exceptionally um, art house, weird, intense, and just amazing. Where yeah. you'll sit like scratching your head and uh, just being in awe. And the North. Very, very sort of peculiar film. What I like about that story is 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 the backstory behind it is absolutely fascinating. So I don't, I don't know if I told you or if you were aware, but that film was actually made in the 80s, but it was only just edited recently. The, the original footage was held in a, a Berlin uh, film library for 30 years. Wow. When the filmmaker finally got back to getting his hands on it, it degraded, bits were missing and hadn't been stored properly. And then he had to not only edit the film but restore and replace bits that are degraded so badly so it was a real labor of love and a real sort of strange story as to how it took so long but a brilliant piece of work real real cool film yeah amazing film and and the northman that was my other one um northman oh my god that was so, so good, good. awesome yeah. fantastic movie just watched it again yeah such, such a good film such a good film um yeah and uh my album just mustard a band from ireland who are kind of like they're an indie band but they this kind of like almost trancy in in their sound um mm. they're, they're really yeah we'll love that album and my book is it's an old one i read right at the beginning of the year the first book i read this year was jot j-o-t-t by uh rose barrington about when things disappear and reappear um which was yeah fascinating fascinating kind of uh um paranormal kind of thing so yeah, right. We're going to uh, get into the quiz because uh, I think this Zoom's almost run out and we've not even started. <laughs> so yeah, guys, we're going to. Uh, I've got questions for you, and it's all based on mythology and strange kind of customs from around the world on Christmas. And let's see how many you get right. I've got my pen and my pe piece of paper ready to to write your scores down. So question one. Why could seeing Santa Claus mean you were about to meet impending doom? Uh, well, you're hallucinating like that. Uh, it's not a great time. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. It's Easter. 
it's Easter and something's gone wrong. Space-time continuum tear, you know, the Easter bunny's trapped in Christmas. So I, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. But, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you didn't specify. Have you got any, any ideas, Sam? I haven't got a clue, James. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, the, re- the reason's down to the wild hunt. So if you saw or even heard it, it forebode a tragedy or a disaster such as plague, famine, or the witness's own death, death or Liz Truss being re-elected. Um, this is throughout <laughs> Northern Europe as a tradition, usually during Yuletide. Uh, the hunt, which would traditionally be led by Odin, he would ride atop a white horse with a big white beard, which in Dutch tradition, and in fact most of the Europe, pre-night before Chris- Christmas publication, uh, Father Christmas was known as Sinterklaas. He had a big white beard and rides a white horse. The Dutch settlers in the USA continued this name, which evolved into from Santa Claus to Santa Claus, which was then sold back to us on this side of the pond, which became our vernacular. So the wild hunt has huge traditions all over Europe, which changes in each region's folklore, even, in, even into Christian times. So in Germany, um, it could be led by various pagan gods, or even Nechtsruprecht, who in some parts is known as Krampus. And as Christianity took over and pagan religions merged, the hunt was said to be led by King Herod or Cain, although in the north of England, it was known as being Gabriel's hounds. In Cornwall, it was the devil dandies dogs, which just makes me think of a bunch of skinwalkers dressed as French dandies. In Wales, <laughs> um, it was led by Gwyn Apthnud, um, or Hinwad Niod, I think it's pronounced, with a group of hellhounds, which were right with, white with red ears. And there are also different traditions all over Slavic, French and the rest of Europe, um, which then moved to colonies like Canada and the USA, where the tradition grew into their own stories. Um, other favourites of mine are an army of the dead of lost souls who could potentially rip your soul from your body if you sleep. To That's a Christmas army. thing, is it? The army of the dead of the lost souls. <laughs> yep. This is this is Christmassy. Flying overhead, yeah, yeah. So this is where Santa, the idea of Santa and his sleigh comes from. Um, yeah, and, and in more British traditions, there was the army of fairies, elves, nymphs, and boggles who would take you to the fairy kingdom. Um, in That's Christian not nice times, either. no, I've been there once. It was uh, <laughs> called it Whitby. Um, in Christian times, it was seen as a negative hunt with an army of the fallen and evil biblical characters leading. But pre-Christian traditions, they were often led by Odin or Woden and would hunt a female de- demonic entity or even the devil himself. They would potentially ride eight-legged horses with fiery eyes or even be pulled with a chariot with multiple horses. So the first Santa was said to have a sleigh and he was pulled by one reindeer until the night before Christmas poem came out. Again, this is where that tradition comes from. Um, They would get up to mischief on the way, even with werewolves coming down and stealing your ale. And if you encounter the hunt, you should stand still in the middle of the road. Um, If you get in the way or obstruct the hunt, you'll be punished. But if um, you help, you will be rewarded. This could be gold. Say that again. What if I'm not on the road? Well, you just, uh, you cut yourself lucky. Because even if you were rewarded, um, it could be a, a piece of meat, which could be animal or a human leg, which you can never get rid of. Um, no, I'm, I'm into human meat. Yeah, it's, it's, it tastes a bit like pork, I've heard. Let's so, find out. Uh, <laughs> also, uh, people out walking during Yule, traditionally, so all of Yule would carry a piece of bread and a piece of steel to protect the person from lightning strikes if the hunt was overhead. Steel to protect from lightning. Yeah, yeah. So again, I guess it's like uh, Zeus and... This was before Ben Franklin went out and put a key on a kite or whatever. He he didn't invent it. It's all all a lie. (laughs) 
Juice, juice There was even, like, believe it or not, there was official reports of encounters. Um, and here's one from the Peterborough Chronicle in 1127. Many men both saw and heard a great number of huntsmen hunting. The huntsmen were black, huge and hideous and rode on black horses and black he-goats. And their hounds were jet black with eyes like saucers and were horrible. They were seen um, in the very deer park of the town of Peterborough and all in the woods that stretch from the same town to Stamford. And in the night, the monks heard them sounding and winding their horns. And similar eyewitnesses reports were taken in Normandy as well, where French tradition says they were led by an early version of Harley, which became Harlequin. Both led, seeing them to terrible fates, including pointing a terrible abbot and a monastery falling down. So that's why seeing Santa could meet your impending doom. So uh, no points for that one. Yeah, who knew? <laughs> well, I mean, I so, said you might be dying. Say that again? My uh, answer that you could be bleeding out, you know, doesn't yeah. necessarily negate. One doesn't negate the other. You could be bleeding out and the game. So let's yeah. just let's take it easy on the zero points. That, that could be why you were lying on the floor in the hunt <laughs> as the guy went over because you were bleeding out. So right. Right. They brought steel when there was a thunderstorm. Yeah. <laughs> it's saying we've got three minutes left. Um, mm. So Wrap what do we do then? I guess, I guess, so um, say that again, Sam? I was just going to say the only instance of the wild hunt that I've seen recently is uh, in the Hellboy comics. Uh, yeah, well, that's that's based on, on real folklore, isn't it? Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Brilliant comic. It's towards yeah. the end of like the series. So. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I often go out with packing a steel um, at Yuletide, but that's that's due to Black Eye Fri Friday. Kevin, do you know about Black Eye Friday? No, but I'm in. Yeah, so that's it's a it's a British tradition at Christmas, um, especially that's up tonight. north. Tomorrow, Friday. Does it involve no. the uh, the? Is it the tonight's Friday? Oh, it's tonight. Say that again. Does it involve the mold buckfest? <laughs> <laughs> I, I reckon. I reckon there's a correlation. I think. I think. Yeah. I think <laughs> yes. the more the, the more mold buck fastest consumed, the the, the probably the more, more intense black black eye Fridays. Gonna be. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, it's it's uh, a it's basically a, a you know very different to American culture, I guess, where the um the, it's the last payday before Christmas, so the workers would often go out, get drunk, and fight. Yeah, uh, that's, that's how is that yeah. different than America? What, what are you talking about? <laughs> Well, there's always that, that danger of you being shot in America, so you don't tend there to is. have straight yeah, you know, The good old days of just a fist fight have gone out the window. you got to worry about getting shot. Then. Yeah. So it really it took the fun out of it, that's we, sure. we, we do take great pride in, um, in, in just punching each other. You know, I it's know. proper proper gentlemanly con conduct. Yeah, that's why I said we we have we have dead on Monday as well, which is the first Monday after Christmas. You have to go back to work, and everyone's so hacked off at being back in the workplace that they just give a good idea to all their employees they don't like you know co-workers <laughs> yeah. these are great british traditions that need to be continued and preserved i yeah. i love it i love it man that's why i travel up there to try to have all these to just get in as many fights as possible it's take, take it back to um take it back to la no again it doesn't work out that way here <laughs> Yeah, you got. You probably get shot if you go punching people yeah. in the eye. Yeah, things escalate pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. the amount of people that get shot just over road rage incidents is, is daily. So, yeah. I mean, you can't you can't do anything around here. 
I remember just walking in Seattle and this guy just literally just said to me for no reason, I was just walking past him. He's like, I'm going to stab you. <laughs> I was like, right. Nice. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, big gulps, huh? Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got to have a hobby. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's nice to meet him. So a similar thing happened to you in Newcastle. So. <laughs> Certainly did. So yeah, I was just wandering around in town and, uh, wandering back towards the university and um yeah this guy just came up behind me and pretended to have a knife in my back basically and said he was going to stab me and uh wanted my wallet and everything i had so fortunately he didn't have a knife um i was just happy to see you i think so (laughs) (laughs) Uh, this is the most christmasy podcast right (laughs) i know i know it wasn't at christmas though was it uh, so it probably doesn't count but um, yeah I managed to peel off into one of the lecture theatres and he carried on walking so yeah it doesn't just happen in, in America yeah Good to know. Yeah. yeah yeah it's it's, a, it's you know people are friendly everywhere um, <laughs> so, multiple choice for question number two what character do you see in the nativity scenes in Catalonia is it A a six foot rooster B a pooping boy, C, a naked bullfighter, or D, a fourth not so wise man whose head is on backwards. Mm. Whoa, bullfighter maybe. I feel like um, when I when people give me multiple choice, I always try to think of who's giving them to me and um, what they wouldn't have made up. And while you would have made up a pooping boy, I also just feel like that's too on the nose. Like that would be ridiculous. So I, I got to go with that one because I don't think you would have made that one up. <laughs> I, I'm going to chip in there and say, you don't know James well enough, right? And I, I'm going to say, like, can you just do the last three again? Because the six foot rooster seemed the most plausible to me. A pooping boy, a naked yeah. bullfighter, and a fourth not so wise man whose head is on backwards. So each of us have got to pick one. You can choose. And what did what did it say on your script, James? Can I just ask that with for the first one? What does it say? Is it a a six foot rooster? Yeah, yeah, six foot rooster. Yeah, because it's the six foot rooster. Because if you was writing that, you would have said it was a six foot cock. (laughs) (laughs) So it's the rooster. It's the rooster. This is is how you do it. I I I like it. I like it. And um, I might I might have to change my answer. No, no, I'm keeping it. You know, I said it so. Well, you go for I might Sam? go for. I might. I don't know. It's between the last two for me. The guy with his head on back to front, or the uh, the bullfighter. Okay. So, hey, what's what, what's you thinking? The, I reckon. I reckon the guy with his head on back to front. Okay, so Kevin gets the point. It is Whoa. the uh, <laughs> the figure called El Cagagna, literally translated as the pooper, and it features a peasant, a Catalan, a Catalan red. Baratina hat crouching down, taking a dump. It, yeah. appeared, it appeared in the first in the Baroque period. Um, and El Cagagna is often right. hidden, and children have to find him. Uh, what's especially interesting is no one actually knows how the tradition started, but it remains one of the most popular figures. Of so the it's like season. a sick game of Where's Waldo, really. You know, just yeah. just find yeah. the guy having a crap in there. Yeah, nice. <laughs> it, there was there was outcry in. Um, in Barcelona, because they they made a nativity scene and didn't feature him. Um, well, how did they? And, it, and it's because they changed the law so that you weren't allowed to um, take a dump or you know 
in in the city. So they're saying, You're not allowed to take a dump in Catalonia. No. Oh Crazy. my God. Crazy. And it's outrageous, <laughs> you know. It's, Jesus. Uh, free, freedom's just out the window. But anyway. Angry people there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Civilization just gone mad. And oh, they, um, uh, they, they basically, they, it's because they, they passed, the, passed the law and said we can't encourage it. So they, what they did to compromise is they had someone oh, taking a dump with someone giving him a ticket. So he was still there. <laughs> I'm just getting into the spirit. It's fine. I'm taking a dump on your the six foot, uh, like I was banking on the six foot rooster. Cause like, I don't know, that reminded me of, um, did anyone watch like a WWE fan? Like anyone watch Survivor Series back in the nineties, where it was like they had the gobbledygooker, which was like a six foot tall chicken thing. <laughs> no, I want the now though. <laughs> no, it was it was. I'm sure it was feuding. It was feuding with the Undertaker's brother at some point. It was like this big turkey, like going around giving him a load of grief. Amazing. <laughs> no. Honestly, man, I'm not making that up. That's that's straight. That's straight up true. That. <laughs> I want to watch it now. Yeah, I think, I think maybe, we should go YouTube. to couple, maybe maybe actually we should start that tradition of just start inserting massive six foot cocks in every nativity scene sure. until it becomes tradition. <laughs> I'm taking a dump yeah. on every nativity scene that I come across, and I'm going to say it's my heritage. So, yeah. in fact, actually, one cool thing that I've seen talking to six foot cocks. Did anyone see that guy that? But, uh, but you could, I know it's really good for your, your your listenership, James, if you get the, the Russian people listening. But this guy put up a massive statue of Putin in the town. There's a town in Britain called Bellend. Have you seen this? Oh, yeah. Right? No. I haven't they seen stick- it, but I do know the town, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they stuck a statue of Putin there, call it Bellend of the Year, and the top of his head is like the Bellend of a... It looks really good. They've done a good job on it, I have to say. And then like all the townspeople were queuing up to throw eggs at it. And I thought... Oh, you know, Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Good old Putin. Wank- Talking to uh, six uh, foot cocks, you know, like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was going to say something then, but I don't know if it's uh, acceptable, James, with the language. There was a, a w- yeah, a W of the Year World w. Cup, wasn't there? Yeah. Yes, yes, a W of the Year World Cup um, on Instagram, and Putin won that. So there were like matches against. I think it was up against Prince Andrew for the yeah. final. Yeah. Oh. He, Prince Andrew was runner-up. Um, I think Pretty Patel and Piers Morgan were quite up there as well. Oh, yeah. In the votes. Oh, jeez. Um, Big W's. Yeah, they did. <laughs> There's they did loads well. of them that went there. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, I'm, like, I'm prepared to accept that all of us at times are a bit uh, a bit of a W as well. But, like, you know, it takes some beating to, you know, my God, like, it's embarrassing, isn't beating. it? It's embarrassing. Yeah. That's why I think I have to have a read of that book you mentioned at the start, Sam. <laughs> my, my faith in humanity refreshed. Jeez, Jeez. Absolutely. Not cool, yeah. man. Not cool. Well, that's why James bought it for me. Mm. Yeah, you're getting a bit a... down. Right. I was. I'm, I'm, I'm next one to borrow that book, mate. That's, uh, that's, yep. Send that this way. Okay. It's a good, that's good. It's a good book. Uh, number three. So we're going to stay in Catalonia for question three. Who delivers small presents to kids in Catalonia? Is it A, Santa's elves, B, a pooping dead piece of wood, <laughs> C, <laughs> the toe of a dead relative, or D, an alpaca with wings and a head of fire? Okay, I'm going with that toe. Again, that toe, that's too weird. I don't think you would have come up with that. <laughs> he, he, would. <laughs> yes, he would. You know what? 
he may have he may he may but he wouldn't it would have been worded different i'm just i'm going with that tone that's too bizarre toe of a relative that <laughs> feels like some corpse medicine stuff you know what i'm saying like yeah. I mean the last the last guy sounds amazing. The the yeah. alpaca on fire with wings or whatever. That sounds, oh, sounds like yeah, yeah, that sounds amazing. That's like the Pokemon that you 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 can't beat, you know. Unfortunately you're getting a toe now. <laughs> Is that your answer, Tim D? Yes, yes, screw it. I yeah, I, that's that sounds like one of the artist Pokemon. I'm going with that. Okay, and what about you, Sam? Uh just to mix it up a bit, I'll go for the pooping log, was it? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, sorry to disappoint you, Kevin, but the, the toe of a dead relative is straight from my mind. Um, the answer <laughs> the answer is a pooping piece of dead wood. What yes. in the hell is happening in Catalonia? <laughs> yeah. What are they so, doing? So it's, um, it's named uh, Tio de Nadal, and it's a piece of dead wood that you bring in for the festive season on December the 8th. So you get the kids to feed it um, and you put a little bit of food each day. <laughs> you cover it in a blanket to keep it warm. Yeah. And if, if yeah. they've looked after it well, yeah. they'll poop a present on Christmas Day. So on Christmas Day, yeah. you put it under a big blanket and you ask the kids to go in another room and pray. And then the parents lightly beat it with a stick <laughs> while, what? while singing the, the Cagatio song, um, which me, Cagatio means poo, Tio. Please tell us you can give us a rendition of that. Yeah, well, I've, yeah, got, we I've got the I've got the lyrics. I haven't got the song. I, I might stick uh, it in later. Uh, right, right. Yeah, I, you, you I, gotta, I gotta close the show with the music from that. You yeah. gotta do like, uh, yeah. that's the outro. I will put, I'll, do, I'll definitely do that. Yeah. So they they then what they do is they beat it lightly, but when they say the words poop Tio, they bit hit it harder uh, with the kids <laughs> watching. And then they put their hand <laughs> under the blanket for the log to poop um into the hand little presents. And the oh. song in English, it's uh, poop to hazelnuts and nuggets. Do not poop herrings. They are too salty. Poop nuggets. <laughs> they taste better. Poop to almonds and nuggets. And if you don't want to poop, I will hit you with a stick. Poop so so what's uh, this is like, no, no, no. Hang on. I've got to take this back. This is all sounding a bit mental. I mean, I had a girlfriend that used to behave a bit like this. And then I'm thinking there's like poop, <laughs> poop in, he's in the bed under the blanket and they're beating it. And then, I mean, is this not supposed to be a bit like what Amber Heard said her relationship right, with right. Johnny Depp was like? <laughs> is this? I mean, this ain't Christmas started. What's going well, on? That's what I, mean. I, I want to see the first guy trying to be like, okay, and then and then you and then you bring in a piece of wood, right? No, no, hear me out. And then you feed it. Now you got to beat the shit out of it, literally. I um, <laughs> I, I I do often with these things. I do like wonder how it started you know one person started this event once. well that's what i'm just but there, there is there is no there is no like no one quite knows how it happened i mean they think it's to do with the yule log and obviously sunday just yeah like you said just decided to beat it and, to, and, and is this a tradition out. they still do is this something that's really, still going on it's really popular it used to just be just just a wood and now they've they've got like um a face on it and they you know wrap sure. it in clothes and all sorts but yeah it's still going on it's it's very popular Wow. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, listen, around the world, like traditions are equally ridiculous. So I don't want it to seem like we're picking on the Catalonian traditions here because all traditions are ridiculous at face value when you like pull them apart and just look at them. But don't, apart from Black Eye Friday, but don't oh, worry. Shoot, shoot. That's just <laughs> that's just human nature. That makes sense. 
We'll be yeah. um, we're coming on to the rest of the world soon. Don't worry. Uh, number right. four. Why do we celebrate uh, Christmas on the twenty fifth of December? Uh, oh, it, it used to be. Um, it was a it was a pagan holiday that they were you know when the Christians were trying to get rid of other holidays they just decided it was easier to co-opt them right so it was um was it a it's not a solstice but it it was it was some other it, oh the saturn right yeah kind of, yeah kind of yeah yeah yeah, yeah the saturn, which was um which was the festival um of saturn who was the god of both chaos and order and so the Romans being, you know, who they were, they knew that to appease order, they had to celebrate chaos. So they'd unchain the uh, the statue that they had, the whole statue of him, of Saturn, uh, with his fists and um, ankles on the ground, and they'd have him chained all year. And then for the Saturn, they'd unchain him and let chaos reign. So they would... Um, they, you know, the kings would basically serve their servants and you'd bang animals in the streets and everything was just, you've celebrated chaos for a few days, right? And they wanted to get rid of that. Yeah, well, that, that yeah, that was more of a Roman holiday um, oh. rather than the rest of Europe's. But yeah, definitely sim similar things. So the winter solstice, um, the, you know, winter equinox. So we, we know it's not because when Jesus was born, that is, we, no. you know. I was going to say it's Jesus' birthday, isn't it? <laughs> No, like same even days. North Star and stuff, if you follow it, if, if you even if you just go off of what's in the Bible, he would have been born sometime in like uh, spring, like, like spring. Right. Yeah. 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 According to the Bible, the angel came to the shepherds to tell them Jesus was born. And in that part of the world, the sheep were on the hills around springtime. Yeah. Um, and North Star wouldn't have been there. At that North time Star. Of year. Yeah. And historians. Aren't they saying that that star was a spaceship now? That's, I've heard that as well. There, there was a, there was, yeah. This this week in the news, there was um, a, a painting that of uh, the Virgin Mary that has a UFO in the background that they've they've kind See? of looked at and seen. But yeah, there's loads actually. If you just Google ancient paintings with UFOs, they come up a lot. My my favorite ancient UFO story was um, who was it? There was someone that the Greek conqueror. What's his name? I've forgotten his name. But anyway, um, he he went to take over a city. And um, Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great. That's it. And he he came to the city to do a siege. And these, what he described, and not just him, lo lots of witnesses and historians actually wrote down metal shields. So they saw him as shields flew over and shot shot the wall down of the the city, changing history. Obviously, I mean, what was that? Amazing. But yeah. So mushrooms. Mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> well, his, historians. Also think there was no room at the inn as it was the Feast of Tabernacles. So it was likely to be potentially September as well. So um, there's, there's a debate on, but what they do know is it's not December. Um, well, in pagan times in Europe, uh, December was the winter equinox, which led to rule and Modrenicht. Uh, Modrenicht is known as the night of the mothers, which according to Bede is what would now be Christmas Eve. It was a night where you would celebrate Norse and pagan female gods of fertility and motherhood, and as well as Mother Earth herself, and most importantly, you would pay thanks and remember your female ancestors, the ghost of whom are plurally known as the Disser. Um, Bede said that here in Britain, there would be celebrations all night, including sacrifices, with, uh, which is a bit more exciting than the Christmas Eve tradition of pyjamas and an over-sentimental Christmas movie. Um, in Yule, there would be three days of heavy, heavy drinking, feasting and probably orgies. 
So if anyone's met most Europeans, invaders could take away their kings and queens, their rights, their established rules and culture with a little bit of resistance. But the Romans found out that if you try and take away their drinking feasts and orgies, there will be uprisings and the people would never be on your side. So they just said, chuck Christmas there and pretend they're drinking for the birth of Christ instead of Odin. Um, so I'm, I'm a bit sad that the Draugr no longer work the earth. There were said to be zombies that come alive this time of year when the veil is thinner. Um, uh-huh. And maybe this does still occur as anyone that's visited the shopping centre of the weekend before Christmas can attest. So <laughs> there you go. We'll, we will give you, we'll give you half a point for that one, Kevin, for, for still getting the, the equinox and the traditions. Oh, it's got to be a full point. Yeah, round it oh. up, innit? Round, round it up. That's what okay. you've got to do. Okay. I he was, was a close in. Goodwill to all men in that. I, I was <laughs> impressed. I thought this guy's done his research. Yeah. <laughs> and it was wrong. But sounded <laughs> <laughs> good, though, didn't it? Uh, yeah. No, it, it, it's, it's right. There was different kind of traditions. But obviously, there's um, Odin and Zeus, and uh, you know the different Roman gods that, and and that's what the Romans did. They were brilliant at incorporating. Um, instead of just trying to totally take over other countries, they they kind of went in and learned about the culture wow. and adapted culture to theirs to to allow kind of more acceptance. So right. it was genius of marketing. Um, number five, first burnt in the winter solstices through Yuletide, and then in Christian times, burning on the 12 nights of Christmas, it's tradition to burn a Yule log. Why would it then help you to place your Yule log under your bed? In case it poops. <laughs> yeah, it poops out of present. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a subtle variation. In that, in, in Catalonia, they beat the shit out of it. So there's somewhere else you torch it and set it on fire. <laughs> End result is a gift. No, I, 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 I what do you think it is? Why do you think they put it under the bed? Ward off evil spirits or something. The yeah, potentially, yeah. Ghost of Christmas death or something. <laughs> yeah, is it, well, it's important to keep it lit for 12 days of, of Yuletide and, and the 12 days of Christmas to, to ward off evil spirits, definitely. That's part okay. of it. Yeah, there's lo- so lots of questions on your log. Is it lit under the bed or not? <laughs> that, that'd be a bit of a fire hazard, especially when yeah. it's made out of straw. In that no, it's, it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's, it keeps your bed warm, look. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it. it. Electric in, blanket. In an ironic way, Sam, you are kind of on the right uh, right path, but but not, not quite. <laughs> uh, well, the embers and the ashes, like Tim said, might keep the bed warm. Yeah, so, so would your bed being on fire, but... <laughs> So, yeah, ironically, so this was to protect the home from fire and lightning strikes. Mm. So the exact origin of the Yule log is unknown. When the Yule log was burnt, some would count the sparks in order to tell predictions of the coming year. And it was tradition to turn off all of the lights and candles so there was only the light of the Yule log left. And you'd sit around the fire and tell each other ghost stories, which then came back in Victorian times. And then linked to this, I was going to ask you, what is an ashen faggot? But I thought, to be honest, I was worried the answers that you would give. The ashen faggot is a tradition <laughs> in Somerset and Devon and um, other areas of England. Uh, the faggot is a large bungle of ash twigs that are wrapped up, and this would be burned in the half of Christmas Eve when all your friends and family are around getting drunk on mulled wine and singing dunster carols. And as each binding of the sticks break, you would have toast it with a drink. Um, anyone who wants to host the party the next eve would take a half-burned stick and put it in the middle of their ration faggot the following year. And it said that burning it keeps devils at bay. 
But um, I think hearing the Dunster Carols is enough to do that at all. Have you heard the Dunster Carols? No, but I have been to Dunster have on you? several occasions. Did you meet Carol? <laughs> <laughs> a few times, but that went in Dunster. Right. Um, no, don't, don't know. Don't know. Well, I've, I've given you a point for the evil spirits because that was part of it, Tim. Um, but yeah, you, you put the your log underneath just to, uh, yeah, keep, it's, apparently it, it obviously when it's not on fire, it stops your house going on fire. So, yeah. Fire to stop the fire. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. It makes sense. <laughs> well, um, you can't burn down a burnt down house. So I get uh, it. Yeah. You're right. You're right. And lightning can't strike it either. <laughs> So number six, what is the main Christmas dinner choice in Japan? Turkey raman or Shinzambo pudding, which is to represent the afterbirth of Mary giving birth to Jesus. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. Rice boiled in extra strong sake instead of water or a bucket of KFC. A bucket of KFC. Easy. Hands down. Anyone else? I'll go for B, the second one. The uh, Shinzambo pudding. Sounds delicious. I love afterbirth pudding. <laughs> What's in it? What's in B? What's in it? I don't know. It's it's a, it's a, like a red sticky um, pudding that's to represent afterbirth. Do you remember when Hugh Fernley Witt installed then that? I don't know if it was Christmas show, but he went. He done some mad cooking shows back in it, like proper, really out there recipes. And he, he done one where he was with this woman who had a kid and that, and that she they saved oh. the placenta. Placenta, and yeah, he made yeah, placenta yeah. pate, and they were all oh. eating it at the one real oh. bit. Like, you know, is it that <laughs> potentially? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll Did say, you I'll eat say... some as well? Did he get uh, yeah, stuck he was in eating as well? It. He cooked it. He ate, yeah, he was eating it. Oof. He was like, oh, this is nice, and that, and the woman was there with her kid and that, and they're all <laughs> eating this thing. It, oh, I mean, no. we're talking. This was. It didn't ruin his career because this was before he was like a proper household name. Like you'd think you'd do a show like that and that's it. You're done. That's it. Amazing. But yeah, no, he was well into it. And yeah, they were all into it. They were, you know, some people like this is a bit weird, but they, they were all mentioning it down. Imagine telling that child, oh, you were, on, you were once on TV and then playing them that. It's probably <laughs> on, on the YouTube. Everything's on there, isn't it? Just mm. get look in there, type in Hugh Fernley Wit install placenta pate. The no, Americans won't have ever heard of you, Hugh, Hugh Furling Whittingstall. Is there... yeah, no, well, no. he's mates no, with but Gordon Ramsay. Eating placenta is a pretty big thing. That's, yeah. that's... He's mates with Gordon Ramsay and all of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite yeah. normal yeah. in LA, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's rejuvenating. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. He went to Eaton, didn't he? Eating what? Placenta? Yeah, Eaton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's very posh and he's got a. Riverside Cottage, isn't it? What yeah, is River, River, River Cottage. River Cottage. River Cottage, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. He's good lad. Yeah, he's mates with Gordon Ramsay and all of them TV chefs and that. Yeah. Yeah. He, d- he does a Christmas one, Kevin, that we definitely recommend. Placenta pudding. So, yeah, is that your answer? Shinzambo Yeah, pudding. I'm going to go with Sam. I'm, sh- I'm, sharing, I'm sharing the answer there. It's just too it's weird. So again, that's that's from the mind of James. It was Kevin's got that point. It is KFC bucket. What? Yeah, that's yeah. way. Yeah. I actually so knew that. Around uh, 3.6 <laughs> million Japanese families pre-order yep. through booking process the KFC buckets of fried chicken, sometimes months in advance. And those that don't can't um, get one. They can queue for hours to get theirs. Okay. And it started when KFC first opened in Japan 
a worker overheard some Western customers saying they wish they could get turkey so they could cook Christmas dinner. He thought it would make a great replacement to have fried chicken instead of turkey and start a marketing, camp marketing campaign can't talk, called Kentucky for Christmas, which filled a void in Japan as to what Christmas was, and now it counts for one-third of all annual Japanese sales. Wow, that's amazing. So there you go, yeah. What about so, the gravy, though? Do they have the gravy? Special KFC gravy, I've heard it's got all sorts of stuff, crazy stuff in it. Do you know, so one of my ex-girlfriends like never had any allergies to anything whatsoever apart from kfc gravy <laughs> so god knows what's in there <laughs> no one knows no one knows what's in it uh, maybe it's the spin lost to time maybe it's um they they like took took the cells and and put you know like stem cell of um mary's placenta and and that's why it, it kind of went in my mind of that you know you know it's uh it's kfc it used to be kentucky fried chicken but they had to stop calling them chickens because uh the the meat that they use they if they're the animal has been so modified that they're not considered chickens anymore oh so it's, man now it's kfc it's not you can't call it a chicken can so, i can i just uh can enjoy, i just add uh, pl please don't chicken. please don't sue me uh kfc oh please do so <laughs> well the recipe is secret for a reason right Huh? The, the recipe gravy is secret recipe. for a reason. What are they hiding, man? That's yeah, what yeah. I'm asking. Yeah, yeah, I, I, absolutely. I, mean, I, I, think, I think you know, I, my um, my subconscious taps into something there in the ether. Uh, Won't know. stop me going there. You know, I'll be straight down that drive. Sure, sure. Doesn't stop anybody else either. So no, it's too good. Finger um, Number seven, <laughs> what do what do Norwegians hide on Christmas Eve? A log. Uh, uh, oh, a uh, pickle. Yeah, a pickle. He knew that too quick. It's that that was the same like the the the, the KFC answer. He's too confident, too quick. It's a pickle. <laughs> I, <laughs> so we've got we've I got wood say and a pickle. Hide their browser history or something like that. But. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, the, <laughs> there is yeah, there's, there's a German tradition of hiding the pickle on Christmas and you find it, except it's not. It's false. So that actually isn't um, it's it's considered one in, in America. And what happened was a German company used to make lots of decorations, sell them in Germ in America. And a pickle was really popular. And this tradition actually was invented in America. And, yeah. um, and and the rumours kind of still persist to this day. That is a German oh. tradition. But most yeah. Germans haven't heard of it. But yeah, it's, that's interesting. But um, since pagan times on the 24th of December has always seen the veil thin between this world and that of the paranormal. It's therefore tradition on Norway that on Christmas Eve, you should hide your broomstick to stop those pesky Yuletide witches stealing them and riding around as presumably they'll crash into Santa's sleigh and none of them carry any insurance. <laughs> Sense, the custom stands more than a thousand years ago. So other traditions in Norway, including decorating, gift giving and eating a traditional rice pudding in which is hidden an almond. The person who finds the almond in their portion is rewarded with a marzipan pig. Families also often set aside a helping of the pudding for small gnomes called the Nisei, who are believed to deliver presents if rewarded, but play pranks and cause trouble if they don't receive their helping of the rice pudding. Uh, in the UK, we just call them kids. <laughs> so there you go. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, you got hide your broom. 
everyone does that on Christmas Eve just to protect yourself from the witches. Sure, 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 sure. sure. Yeah. So number eight, what does Father Christmas have to do with prostitution? Uh, hmm. Huh. I don't know. Uh, uh, let's let's see. What would the uh, guy for Saint Nicholas was he like some sort of figure who helped prostitutes out or something? Is he a not pimp? Him out by. Is he, he, does, does, yeah. like a pimp. he does yeah, he's a like festive a pimp. pimp. <laughs> <laughs> that's, he's, yeah. He's, yeah, he's got a cool hat like a Ma- pimp. Right. You know, Maybe that's where Candy came from. Candy yeah, cane. he's got a fur coat. He's driving. Yeah. He's got a badass ride. You know, because right. uh, the sled is like his Santa sled is like you can't mess with that. That's mm-hmm. like you know, flow rider in his low rider or whatever. Oh, it's, 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 <laughs> I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> Sam, I'm, I'm going to give you a point, Sam. Um, hey, uh, it's surprising um, that Saint Nick lives in the cold climate of the North Pole as he's used to much war- warmer climates, being a Greek bloke. Uh, legend says that he found three girls in Turkey who were going to be forced into prostitution as their father couldn't afford their dowry. So each night, he sneaked past their house and dropped some gold coins in their shoes or socks. Hence why Santa leaves presents in your stocking. Um, or in Holland and Germany, you leave your shoes out for Santa to leave presents in. He's, he's, some of the other legends about St. Nick, um, he once found someone who has... Um, murdered a load of kids and left them in barrels and chopped them up and he brought them back to life. Hence why he became the saint of children. Um, and he's also <laughs> said to have chopped down a tree that's possessed by a demon. I can't guess how that behaved, a, a demonic tree. Maybe it's like the Wumping Willow in Harry Potter or something. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's no. the, or- the origin of Santa today with prostitutes, saving, saving women from prostitution. Yeah, yeah. So he wasn't like a pimp. He was like the anti-pimp. He was the anti-pimp. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's like that's good. Yeah, no, I like what he's done there. It's it's a shame Coca-Cola didn't have that as the marketing when they really kind of brought him. (laughs) Yeah, no. So you said at the start, right? Santa Claus was what did he he was wearing white or something? He was but I heard he was green and he came from France or something. He was what was it, Père Noël or something? And he was what used to dress up as in green. That, where did that come from? Is that a question? We well, again, yeah, again, it's all, all to do with Zeus and Odin and all those traditions of the clothes that he would have wore riding on this war hunt sleigh. Mixed in uh, with like, you know, <clears throat> there was different... Sorry, I'm eating a sweet that's really sour and it's gone in my throat. Um, <laughs> which is really professional when you're doing a podcast. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. 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 No, um, you're right, you're relaxed. Just, yeah, have a sweet if you want. Have <laughs> ten, just chill. But it, it, yeah, there was also like, you know, the, the green man and all these other people that to do with kind of pagan beliefs that all of them kind of got infused in a thing. I mean, Santa in, in Germany and um, you know, Santa Claus um, wore like a bishop's hat and everything and right. a bishop's crook. And he was black and white, right? He wore black and white. Yeah, well, there's lots of different traditions in each area. So each one had a kind of a different thing and, and it blended with the pagan ones and came out and it was really... The marketing of of uh, Coca Cola that brought this almost homogenous version of Santa Claus to everyone. Right. So yeah, so there you go. Uh, number nine. Why do we kiss under mistletoe? Oh, I've heard this. There's something about it's uh, not about the fact that it's poisonous, which it is, mm. but there is 
There's, what, uh, kissing or mistletoe? Uh, both. Both, yeah. What, they both lead to death, for sure. Um, you know, I'm, never mind. I'm, I'm jumping in because it's, it's triggering something. As soon as you start to explain it, then I'll pretend like I knew exactly what it was. Anyone else? I'm going to clue, James. Yeah, I'm, I'm clueless. So it relates back to pagan times. Um, so it wasn't a Christmas tradition. Again, it was a pagan thing. We, we bring in mistletoe along with other greens to, to welcome in the, the rebirth of, you know, summer and everything. Um, but people would actually go and have sex underneath mistletoe bushes if they were trying to conceive a child due to the belief that it was a magic fertility plant. And this mm. is because the berries are the same colour as semen. I don't think so. Nice. Yeah. I'm so sorry, but the berries are red. No, that's it's holly. Red? Holly red. Mistletoe's white. white. Definitely white. It's white. It's pearly white as well. Is it? Yeah, definitely what worth a look. What have we been kissing under over here? We are not <laughs> kissing under anything that's white. It's green and red. That'd be holly. That'd be yeah. holly, yeah, yeah. For the holly and the ivy. Do you sing that? No, no. that's... Just a... Them singing lessons paid off, I tell you, James. Yeah, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah. My whole life has been a lie. I've been <laughs> under Holly. Yeah, that, that's actually the opposite of uh, fertility. Oh, Wait till everybody finds out about this. <laughs> yeah. January 6th was a big deal. This one's going to tear down this nation for sure. Yeah, you have to be really careful with Holly because you kiss under that, they've got little pricks. So you've got to be careful. Oh, God. So, um, <laughs> yeah, definitely go to the mistletoe. <laughs> how, so how, should, awesome. how should you get to Christmas Mass if you were in Venezuela? In a car? <laughs> yeah, the old-fashioned way, feet and legs. And... Uh, I reckon a, a donkey would be quite biblical, wouldn't it? <laughs> I, I reckon get on a donkey. So um, the, the answer is on roller skates. So in Caracas, it's tradition... <laughs> <laughs> to get dressed up in Christmas clothes and roller skate to mass. So That's popular brilliant. it is that the local government now closed the roads so people can skate to mass on mass. There are food stalls along the way and it's all festive and jolly. And then when they reach the church, they change into shoes and become somber again. As many other, um, sorry, as in many other Christmas traditions, no one knows how it started, but afterwards people skate to each other's homes, share food, and drink a uh, drink and have a special pie called a halakas made of traditional like meats with a cornmeal crust and filled with a mixture containing amongst other things meat nuts olives peppers and onions these are only eaten at christmas as they're so hard to make that you need the whole family to get together to help you do it wow so there you go roller skates. I like it yeah. i like yeah. it i wasn't expecting the roller skates no, a, a great, a great uh, Christmas tradition. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So number 11, many people in the UK complain about the sacred Brussels sprout being part of festive feasts. I don't know if you do that in the, the States, Kevin? No. Nope. Brussels sprouts? No, you're missing out. Um, well, eat Brussels sprouts. It's not like it's a foreign food to us. It's just, I don't know that it's traditional. It, it should be. It should be. Yeah, oh, need, to, need to change that. They're delicious. I love a Brussels sprout. So, oh. would you prefer a Greenlandic Christmas treat? I want you to tell me what Matuk and Kiviak is, and I'll give you a one point for each. Matuk, what is this related to? This is related to a Brussels sprout. 
so yeah, well, we, we, that's our thing that everyone thinks is gross. But you you could swap that for a nice a Greenlandic. Sorry, a Greenlandic. Oh, oh Christmas okay. Tree. So so um, it's going to be the fermented shark and um, something, some sort of jelly from boiling a fish. <laughs> <laughs> Fairly close, yeah. Not yeah. not quite, but wow. yeah, close close enough. It's um, yeah. Does anyone else want to kind of? Well, I'm right, just thinking right what, what, what the, it's cold there, so I, I don't know much about like plants and that. So, but I'm guessing cold climates you can't really grow a lot. So it's going to be animal stuff, isn't it? And they got they got seals and whales. I've seen something where there was a cold country in that in the sort of Arctic Circle. They were eating bits of like whale meat. I think it was whale blubber, something like that. Yeah, looked a bit sort of like out there, but you know they were enjoying yeah, yeah. it. Well, you you get a point for that, Tim. So yeah, mat matuk is is usually made from bowhead whale, and it's basically pieces of raw whale skin with the blubber attached. Right. Okay. Cool. So we, we've just got kiviak to to guess. Is that, the, is that the sheep face? Say that again. There's a sheep face that they eat as well. A sheep face. <laughs> <laughs> the face yeah. of a sheep. I'm telling if you got Iceland, just the face, the rest of the sheep's running around. There's a shit with his, just his skull, just not, not even his head. Not even his head. No, it's just it's the face. face. If you go to Iceland, I'm telling you, you can go to like these gas stations and there's like a just a flattened sheep's face like, <laughs> wrapped up. You and so, oh um, my god. It's so <laughs> Yeah. Well, as a snack, as, as a snack, you eat that. I guess. I mean, it's sold next to like, you know, a little sandwich. You can get a sandwich, a sheep face. <laughs> oh, is that, is that, is your, yeah, okay. Wow. Christ, that's, that sounds a great Christmas treat. So, yeah, I'd say Kiviak is even 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 more appetizing, to be honest. We're, we're, so, Kevin, Kevin you, you were kind of on the lines when you said fermented, but we need a bit more. Okay, so not the fermented shark, though, huh? No. So, no, uh, it's a fermented seal. Seals, seals are involved. Seals are okay. involved. Seals Steel are faces. I'm going to give you a point because you, you've got really close. Yeah, they're in. They're involved. So, so uh, yeah, you, you. So with Kiviak, you 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 capture a hundred orcs, which are seabirds similar to the puffin. So you stuff them complete with beaks, feathers, and everything, all into the seal skin. Mm -hmm. um, and once it's stuffed, you get rid of much air in the bag of seal skin as possible. And then you seal the seal um, with fat. And, and so there's no air. And then you sew the skin shut and then you sure. bury it under a load of rocks for three months until it completely ferments. And then you um, eat delicious rotting seal seabird for, for Christmas. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's what we're having. Do people, people not get sick? Was, Are they not? No, Have they not uh, got a, a, a Greg's or a, or a chip shop or something <laughs> nearby? Or if they, if they, it's to celebrate, I mean, it's it's to celebrate the uh, the history. I know we're going to run out of time here, but you have to remember that we have the full recorded history of like people not in Greenland but in Iceland and things of that nature. So it's to celebrate how tough they were to make it through these winters when they first moved there. So I mean, you've got to be resourceful in that, in that kind of climate, yeah, sure. Exactly. Like, I'm so, really, so during, really tough person, but... Yeah. Oh, yeah, one, yeah, one famous explorer died because he, I think he used eider ducks just from memory instead of the orc, and so um, they didn't ferment in the same way, and he got, I think, you know where your face and everything goes completely paralysed? He got from a bacteria. Um, yeah. Oh. Not a nice way to die, especially at Christmas. 
<laughs> Especially at Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> so um sadly Kevin um was out outside walking in that break and he didn't carry a piece of steel and he got struck down and had to leave us. But Kevin did, did leave with four points, so he did well. He did well. He, he was he was no, I, I, like yeah, he was a nice guy. He was he was he was doing well in that. Like he was doing he, well. I, I, yeah, you're getting back on the show. Yeah, yeah, we all do. Yeah, he's um he's had to go to catch a plane, unfortunately. So um yeah, it's uh oh. We're going to carry on. We've, we've got some questions. Well, we're, I don't think we're almost halfway through. Um, what is a Christmas? I can't speak. What is Christmas tradition in Guatemala that has Greta Thornburg in fits of rage? Um, like Greta Thornburg, burn, Greta burning Thornburg. tires. Or That's something. the one. Greta Thornburg. That's uh, Greta Thornburg is um, the Guatemalan sister. <laughs> Um, uh, so it's got her in a rage, and this is a tradition there. How long has this been going on? Just give us a couple of clues here, because I'm. I don't know. Um, for a long time, yeah. Pre. I'm gonna say are they, they're, so. It's gonna if it's annoying her, it's gonna be something bad for the environment. Like, um, yeah. Like they are they burning like car tires or something? <laughs> yeah, pretty close. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll give you a point for that. Um, <laughs> it, it's tradition in, in Guatemala that you see in the new year by having a really good spring clean um, in, in the winter just before Christmas um, so yeah instead of a spring clean they have a winter clean right right, just right in the week before Christmas um, and why is it important to spring clean because if your house is untidy and cluttered the devil El Diablo can hide um, someone should afford Crowley that you didn't need to do a load of rituals and sacrifices to summon, summon the devil. You just leave a few cardboard boxes in the corner of the room. Um, <laughs> the reason why environmentalists are up in arms about it is because they take all their decluttering and rubbish and instead of recycling it or giving it to a charity shop, they burn it um, and sit El Diablo on top of the fire in a festival called La Quama del Diablo, the burning of the devil, which is meant to cleanse your home and get rid of Satan from your home for the following year. There were estimates in the city's capital that there were 500,000 fires lit in just one hour alone, including wow. the burning of plastic, rubber, and other highly toxic chemicals. My issue is, though, when I was learning about this, is you wouldn't think that you'd banish Satan by burning him, would you? If, if you see, if you've ever been to hell, it's pretty, it's pretty hot. <laughs> down there. He, he likes it, then he likes the flames. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's their Christmas tradition. So, um. Number 13, what country are you most likely to visit your grandma when she is dead than alive? Mexico. Similar. And I can't explain that. Similar kind of tradition, but different. Yeah. Festival of the Dead sort of stuff. Mm. Okay. Hmm. Mm. I'm going to pass. This is so obscure. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'm thinking, yeah, Mexico, like they have the Festival of the Dead, like you said, but it's obviously not the answer. So I don't, don't know. Um, it's um, it's Finland. So it's tradition uh, uh. to visit the cemeteries and show your respect to your ancestors on Christmas Eve by leaving a candle on their grave. So if you look at the pictures, you've got these cemeteries just in the uh, forest covered in snow with all these really beautiful candles burning. So it looks really serene. It's quite beautiful. Wow. So um, 15, uh, 16, no, 14, sorry. Just uh, Mantis Kalka kicking in. We're going to stay in Finland. <laughs> um, who do you leave beer for on Christmas Eve? 
Father Christmas, surely. Yeah. I mean, it could be Father Christmas, but I feel like that's probably too obvious. I feel like it's yeah. going to be, it's going to be something that you don't want to come in the house, you know. And if you, you know, he'll pass your house if you leave him a beer or something. It's going to be something sinister. I got a feeling. Like Krampus. Yeah. So mm. it's um, you know, the similar traditions all over the world that Christmas is a time for cleansing and that's and cleaning, and that's the same in Finland. So as part of one of the most important traditions, um, that apparently it's the fourth most important tradition by a recent poll, um, after seeing family, um, giving presents and um having Christmas dinner, is the Christmas sauna. So normally this would takes a few hours to prepare um, and all the family would sauna together as it's slow and quiet pace meant the family would have to relax and spend time together. So it's good luck to throw beer on the sauna stones on Christmas Eve, um, but not all of it. So you must save some for the sauna tonto. So every sauna has a sauna tonto, um, which relates to the Nisei. It's the it's its own elf um, with the saunas being a spiritual place in Finnish history. The sauna elf make sure that people are all well behaved. And this is um, most important on Christmas Eve. Christmas saunas are a place for friends and families, but you must speak quietly. So time to relax before Christmas festivities. The sauna should be thoroughly cleaned in preparation for Christmas sauna. And you should go early to leave enough time for sauna tonto to have their own sauna, as well as leaving the elf some beer, food and other presents as a thank you for looking after the sauna all year. Uh, Christmas candles are also a tradition outside the sauna, as is ice bathing. Um, and most importantly, it's just about taking time and being together. So there you go. That sounds nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. But do, they, do they throw the beer like on the sauna coals or something? or do they just Yeah, the sauna there? stones. So they throw that, but then they leave the elf some. So he can either drink it or she can drink it and throw it on the on the stones. Um, and what, what's interesting is, is tradition, you know, in that every... Every room has its own um, Nisei and the, the sauna one, apparently when whoever lit the first fire in the, the, when the sauna was built, part of their soul creates the Nisei, um, it's the sauna santu, and they, they stay there and yeah, you're meant to look after it so it looks after you. So it's a really lovely situation. I, I once went actually, when I was in Finland, I did go um, in a sauna and, and then jumped in a frozen lake when it was minus 24. Um, <laughs> and they blew, they blew, uh, they blew like air across the surface to stop it fr- freezing over, and I remember the water dripping off me and freezing before it hit the hit the ground. Oh, and then you went back in the sauna, and it, I did it for for just to say I I did it. And but actually, when I did it, it was really relaxing. Uh, it was so it was something quite nice. You can't stay in for long. You literally come out the sauna, you jump in the lake, and then you get back out and go back in the sauna, and it. It opens all your blood vessels up and everything. It was it, it was really relaxed. So much I did it a couple more times. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You like it extreme. Fair play to you, man. That's I mean that sounds like quite an experience. I've seen all that sort of stuff on the on the TV, and you, uh, it, 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 it like the cold shock that you get is that is that not like it's yeah it can be that's it, something that's difficult to overcome. It's it's partly though because you're first of all you're, you're mentally prepared for it, but because you're in the sauna, all your blood goes to the outside of your body to the skin that's why you kind of go red when you're when you're hot um so the the shock isn't as much because then it just kind of goes back in in for in circulatory body it's really healthy in terms of the circulatory system it's it's really beneficial wow yeah okay well, there you go fine experience so uh, number 16 in the balkans children are given treats a few weeks before christmas 
not by Santa, but by Lutzelfrau. Who is Lutzelfrau? Hmm. An elf? Is he one of Santa's elves? Yeah, or a little goblin or something like that. No, no. So Lutzelfrau is a witch. So on St. Lucy's Day, um, the witch Lutzelfrau rides the winds delivering fruit, nuts and small gifts to children. Um, And sometimes she decides to do this in the form of a goat. And if you're on Santa's naughty list, um, she'll disembowel you with her horns. That's a bit extreme. (laughs) Just on the naughty list. Just lovely Christmas (laughs) traditions, yeah. There's there's a lot of this in in traditional, you know, it's it's kind of been changed and evolved, and you know, quite traditionally, it's quite quite nasty. It's Christmas. Yeah, it is. A lot of it is like quite traumatic and terrifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's where we're going wrong with like modern day Christmas. It's all too fluffy and nice and that. Maybe we need to bring (laughs) back a bit of jeopardy. Like if you're on the naughty list, it's not you don't just get a present. You get disemboweled by the horrible witch. (laughs) It's. I mean, people would be a lot nicer, wouldn't they, in the run up to Christmas? Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely better behaved. <laughs> I mean, what, my next question is actually one of my favourites. So, how 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 does the ghost of Danny teach children in South Africa? A, when you die, you are all a grey ghost, so racism is dumb. Uh, B, that you should tidy your room for Santa to sneak in, or you could trip and die. Or C, if you get out of bed on Christmas Eve, your grandma will beat you to death. Or D, dead Danny whispers secrets in your dreams about being good. Hmm. I reckon it's tidy your room. Yeah? Yeah, because kids usually have very messy rooms. Well, my my kids do. Um, so it'd be a good way to get them to, to tidy up their rooms. What do you think, so Tim? That, uh... I don't know, the hill sound a bit extreme until you got to the end. The end sounded good. The last one seemed quite like nice about, you know, messages about being good in your dreams, but that's too nice. It's going to be so, it was one of them traumatic, <laughs> scary ones that you listed off at the start. What were the first two, first three again? When, when to you, death um, by your grandma. When you die, you're a grey ghost. So everyone's a grey ghost, so racism's done. Um, that you should tidy your room for Santa to sneak in or you could trip and die. Um, if you get out of bed on Christmas Eve, your grandma will beat you to death or dead Danny whispers secrets to you in your dreams about. Yeah, no, I'm going with C. I'm going with C. I'm going with the grandmother giving you a good idea. Yeah, you're spot on. So children in South Africa <laughs> are taught the story of the ghost of Danny who haunts Christmas Eve. Danny left some cookies out on Christmas Eve for Santa. However, he couldn't sleep. So he sneaked downstairs to have just one cookie. But his grandma was that angry. She beat poor Danny to death. Now children know they have to stay into bed until Christmas morning or Danny the ghost <laughs> or grandma may get you. Wow. Lovely I thing. mean, my, my nan used to have a fly swat, right? And she never hit us with it, but it was just the noise of it cutting through the air. That, <laughs> it was, you just stop whatever you're doing dead in the tracks, you know? Yeah. You wouldn't <laughs> I love that. I know. Can you imagine just sitting your your kids down and ghost just of Danny. So stay stay in bed, good tonight, guys. Otherwise, grandma will come and kill you. you I think. Know. Well, yeah, I think there's more questions about you know is 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 grandmother really mm. anger management classes or something? A definite social care referral. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all, you just wanted one cookie, mm. beaten to death. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, she was quite strict. You know. Just have a minute for, for silence for, for Danny, shall we? <laughs> a moment just to think of. He wasn't nice to you. He was just hungry. Now, but yeah, poor so kid. We, 
we're going to stick with uh, Christmas witches again. So um, it's number 17. La Bafana is an Italian Christmas witch. How did she get her magical powers? Hogwarts. She went to Hogwarts. <laughs> did she kiss Father Christmas or something like that? So in Italy, they have, <laughs> they have this Christmas witch laying at Bafana and she started life just as an ordinary mum. But she lost a child and went mad with grief. She started hearing stories about the birth of Jesus. And as she was mad, she thought that was her son. Um, and to be fair, um, it's no more crazy than a, a virgin giving birth. So she travelled all the way to Bethlehem to, um, to try and go and pick him up. Um, but when she got there, she gave Jesus a couple of gifts, which apparently blew his mind. Um, and there must have been good as a PlayStation or something. So he made her the mother of all children in Italy. Now, every Christmas, she travels and fills children's pockets with treats if they've been good and coal if they've been bad. Um, if you happen to see her on a round, she will bash you on, knock you out with a broom by bashing you around the head. Um, so, yeah, stay asleep. And she also sometimes will sweep you home before she leaves, sweeping all the years bad energy out the door with her. So, yeah, they, yeah. they believe um, instead of Santa, it's a, a mad woman who, who, who thought Jesus was her. A child after another child. But she life. cleans up your house as well. I like that last little bit at the end where she sweeps all the all the stuff out. That's that's nice. Nice touch. Yeah, it shows why the Nor Norwegians don't have her because um, they hide all their brooms. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's a few Christmas witches. I, I like it. I like that idea. Um. So in the Alpines, there's another Christmas witch from entirely different folklore and not related, going back to pagan times, who is particularly celebrated in Salzburg called Perchta. And Perchta travels around the 12 days of Christmas, rewarding children with gifts. What does she do to naughty children? I expect you to know this one, considering you live there, Sam. Goodness me. Uh, hmm. I've not actually heard of this one. And I had quite a few conversations with... Uh, colleagues who were Austrian and from Salzburg and they never mentioned this so does do they get coal lumps of coal or I don't know um no no not, not like the Italian witch a bit more extreme or do they get uh, whipped no. or something only that's if they're good <laughs> do, do, do she chop them up until they be dead well she slits open the stomachs of naughty children Pulls out their guts and replaces them with pebbles and straw. As you do. There you go. It's, I think you, you will have heard of it, Sam, but it's kind of um, because of the Americanization of and the popularity of Krampus, it, it kind of got replaced. So uh, Percy yeah, com comes in two forms. So one is beautiful and one is hideous. Um, so it's, it, people wear masks called Perchton. Uh, the beautiful mask is worn to bring in good luck and prosperity is welcomed in the house. And on the flip side, you wear the ugly Perchton, which looks a lot like Krampus. Um, and in the 16th century, men would dress as Perchton and go around homes to drive out ghosts and demons. Um, so Britain is a little bit different to many other Santa traditions, as it's he himself who decides if kids are naughty or nice. If you're nice, you get presents. If you're naughty, you get nothing or a lump of coal. In other parts of Europe, there are other characters that weigh out his judgment and dish out the punishments. Um, the British idea may come from the N Netherlands, where Sinterklaas is accompanied by Svartepate, a.k.a. Black Peter, 
Um, Pate has a black face, red lipstick, and wears brightly coloured Renaissance clothing. Um, there are obvious issues with what is essentially blackface. So recently he's changed in modern times to be Sutty Pete instead. Uh, so he doesn't have a, a face, but just kind of black soot marks on him. So if you're naughty, uh, Pete will put you in his coal sack and beat you with a stick. Um, being half Dutch, he used to love Svarte Pete as you go to parades and he'd throw out um, speculas, which is shortbread biscuit with lots of Christmas spice in. But that might be where the idea of like the coal comes into play. Um but in German Alpine traditions, there's Krampus, made famous by Hollywood. Uh, Krampus is a more grotesque pan lookalike who assists Santa on his night, delivering toys to good children. And then the naughty ones, he beats your bare backside with a birch birch rods. In South yeah. West, yeah, yeah, yeah. In Salzburg, they, they must have taken that on because it's uh, quite close to Bavaria, which obviously is the Alpine region of Germany. And, yeah, um, yeah. Well, a lot yeah, of but, um, perched a yeah. mass look like Krampus, to be honest. Yeah, they have the the Krampus run in Salzburg. That's what I thought you were going to mention when you said right. about Salzburg. And right, um, right. yeah, you, it's like a load of uh, grown men get dressed up as Krampus. With they spend a lot of time and money on it. They, yeah, some gr- grotesque outfits, and they have whips. Yeah, and they just go through this, the the city centre, just whipping people, and they like to grab women and whip them. And nice, it's a bit cra- bit crazy, really. So uh, very, yeah, very we, avo- we avoid yeah, yeah we avoided town. We avoided town on that day. So, so that would have been the tradition of, of going. They men used to run and you know drive out evil spirits and demons by by wearing the grotesque version. But they, yeah, there's one in Whitby, isn't there, of year as well? A Krampus run now. Ah, right. Yeah, because of the goth festival stuff. Yeah, it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, in, in Southwest Germany, it's Berschnickel who accompanies Saint Nick and is into his S and M as well and gives you a good whipping with a, a switch. <laughs> Um, he wears do- dirty torn furs and may originate from the Knecht Ruprecht, who asks children if they can pray, and if not, he hits them with a big bag of ashes. In France, Father Christmas is accompanied by Hans Trapp, who is based on uh, a real knight, who was excommunicated from the church by the Pope for being a party animal and downright evil and ruthless man. Uh, legend says he sold, it, sold his soul to Satan, and in return, he has to eat human flesh. He does this by dressing up as a scarecrow, and he helps out Santa, who gives presents to the good kids, while Hans Trapp, the Christmas bogeyman, will beat you or eat you if you're bad. Some legends even have him chained to St. Nick, and the rest of the year he lives in the woods as a scarecrow. My favourite, though, is the Christmas grey lady from the same region. Uh, She doesn't discriminate if you're naughty or nice. She's a ghostly-looking lady who throws sweets and treats on the ground, and when children bend down to pick them up, she gives them a good smack with a stick. So there you go. Some nice folks, nice people. Yeah, lovely bit of folklore. Yeah, yeah so we're, we're <laughs> nice. quite, we're quite, we've got Black Eye Friday, but we're we're quite tame, really, in terms of our our Santa. Yeah, Christmas has gone soft these days, hasn't it? It's clearly, like, you need to bring back a bit of the, the, the sort of scariness, I feel. It's missing some of this. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we're going to your hometown next, Tim. So in um, Gloucestershire, <laughs> who do you traditionally visit on Christmas Eve? I'm, I'm, it's what, is it a personal question for Tim? Who who does he? <laughs> no, I'm just thinking back, like you know. I guess, Tim, well, Tim's like, thinking. Like, who who told him about that? There's nothing outlandish. <laughs> there's nothing outlandish that I can think of, or nothing. No, certainly nothing that I'm aware of. You're gonna you're gonna teach me something here about my own local history. Come on, I haven't got a clue. Go on, give us a give us a guess. 
Well, like usually you see friends and family, don't you? Well, you know, but it's it's obviously not going to be that. It's going to be something like crazy. <laughs> what about you? you visit... Well, what? Who do I visit, or what do I think? Yeah, what do you think? Um, I, well, when we were there this year, we had a little ghost tour, and we there was uh, a bit where some crazy was it Mary Queen of Scots saw someone get hanged and burnt and all the rest of it. Do people visit that statue or something like that? Is it anything like that? Oh, it predates that by centuries. Yeah. Ah. So the answer is the apple tree man. Have you never heard the apple tree man, Tim? No? No, I've never heard of this. So the apple tree man (laughs) is an ancient spirit who lives in the tree of the oldest apple tree in the orchard. If you want to grow apples, it's very important that you keep the apple tree man happy. Therefore, on Christmas Eve, you must prepare mulled cider. Um, For those that are in other countries that are listening, um, you get wine or cider and you mix it with herbs and spices as a Christmas tradition. Um, People would perform wassailing, which is where a wassailing bowl full of mulled wine, cider or ale would be taken around town, particularly to rich townhouses, and the wassailers would get drunk themselves, sing songs, which is probably what Christmas carol and going around singing Christmas carol comes from. Um, they play music and they'd offer drink from the wassail bowl in return for food, presents or money. And in return, the music and singing would offer them good luck and fortune for the coming year. Some with blessings, but at the same time, scaring off ghosts and witches. In Gloucestershire and Somerset, they have a specific wassail called the Orchard Wassail. So you go to the orchard, you save your last tankard of mulled cider and you pour it on the roots of the oldest tree for the tree man to drink. If it's a particularly good cider, apple tree man may even come out of the tree and tell you where there is buried gold, normally enough to cover a whole year's worth of rent. Uh, People would also bang drums and later shoot guns uh, to scare away ghosts and witches um, in the orchard. itself. a plea to the spirits to provide a big harvest for the coming year. So there you go. Wow. Mind blown. Yeah, how do you not know about that, Tim? Yeah, what about Tim, you? Well, have... it's obviously a well, a closely guarded secret. Yeah. I mean, the apple obviously... tree man sounds like a bit of a legend. I mean, there is a pub called the Apple Tree, which is like yeah. out, out towards uh, the Forest of Dean. Um, Has it ever got a man but, in yeah, there? Well, not one that sort of comes out of a tree if you pour cider on the roots and tells you where to <laughs> dig up gold. I mean, that's amazing. This this year, I want you to paint yourself green and just stand in an orchard and see if anyone does it and just greet them. <laughs> see what they do. I'll let you know. I get. I'll report back to you. I'll let you know. I get on. So uh, tomorrow night, Tim. That's your your plan side. I'll probably get beaten and <laughs> and, and mugged or whatever, but I'll, I'll give it a try. <laughs> Find so, the postbox um... massive or whatever. The yeah, the postbox <laughs> massive will do me in. That's it. <laughs> 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 before we went on air Tim was telling us that in uh, Gloucester there's there's a gang called because um, obviously Kevin in LA the gang killings are uh, a terrible and sadly uh, common practice but in in, in Gloucester they have the post box band which is particularly bad at Christmas time when you're posting co- postcards well yeah I mean with it's the Royal Mail strikes they're only making the problem worse I tell you it's uh... yeah. On mass, yeah. on mass, uh, having to post with a gang. Yeah, yeah, that's it. With their baseball caps on sideways and that. <laughs> so in um, in Wales, they have their own type of wassailing, and I'm going to pronounce this wrong. So apologies to every Welsh person listening. Um, there's a character there called the Mary Lewid. Um, this is like a hobby horse that children play with, except with a twist. So what is the Welsh twist? It's not a horse. It's <laughs> something else. <laughs> 
It is a horse. Yeah, it's definitely a horse. Is it like someone dressed up as a horse? Well, kind of. Like a panto horse? No, not like that. So um, the Mary Luid is made from the skull of a dead horse placed on top of a pole and sometimes we've had strings or wires into the jaw to make it open and close. Um, so some traditions would keep the skull buried all year and dig it up for, for Christmas, you know, as you do. Um, they would make eyes out of glass and then put a white sheet around the pole so someone could get inside and utterly terrify everyone. They would go door to door with other characters dressed like Punch and Judy and take part in an old school rap battle where there were sailors who would sing a song asking to be let in. The people in the house would then sing back a verse as to why they couldn't let them in, um, trying to be witty in response. Um and with the reason you aren't coming in, you're carrying a dead horse on a stick, you set freaks, not one of them, apparently. Um, not a good enough answer. But then when they literally battle back and forth until the people inside the house would run out of ideas and then the party would be allowed entrance. Uh, once they're in there, the Mary Lewid scares all the inhabitants of the house, but also the house's bad energy, spirits and evil entities out of the house. And in return, the party gets food and ale. Its origins are a little hazy, but some historians think it relates to the Feast of the Ass. And we'll leave that one with you. Um, <laughs> so, I also wonder why no one's ever made a horror film out of this, but it's a tradition that still continues to this day. Well, so they go in with this dead horse thing on a stick, right? Yeah. They, they scare the hell out of everyone. And then they give everyone food and, and beer and then yeah. further off. Yeah, it's in return for like, so it go in and you'd open its jaw going, rah, 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 as if you're not singing as well. And <laughs> How does so, it go? Rah, 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 rah. <laughs> <laughs> and as it's, as it's so terrifying, it scares all the evil entities, the, the ghosts and demons or whatever out of the house, as well as most inhabitants. So to thank them for that, you, you give them food and ale. It's... Um, well, it, it must sorry, work because they've been doing it for centuries. So, and it's still they still do it today. You can, oh. you know, if you Google it, um, it was it was your your noise that you did. <laughs> <laughs> so, right, question twenty one. <laughs> sorry, keep going, keep going. I, I did I did want to look at what Feast of the Ass was, but I didn't. Um, I, I wondered what my algorithms on my Google would, would do in that bit of research. Um, question 21. What did Cromwell call frivolous popish indulgence with rumours persisting to this day that is still illegal? A, uh... the humble mince pie. B, snogging under the mistletoe. C, giving Christmas expensive gifts. Or D, natural Christmas trees. D for me. Yep, Tim. Yeah, I go. Uh, it was. It's, well, it's definitely not the Christmas trees. I know that came later when it, that was Queen Victoria's husband. I think would like the Christmas tree and brought that in. So it's going to be one of the others. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with Sam as well. I agree. It's that's a, the one the, I went for. The humble mince pie. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean the Chris. Yeah, Prince Prince Albert brought it to Britain, but it was very traditional in Bavaria, and they used to actually keep candles on it, which there was. A lot of people's houses burned down as well because putting, you know, bare candles on a piece uh, of dead wood isn't a good oh, idea. Of course. And obviously some some hang it upside down. But again, it was that idea of that pagan belief of bringing in evergreen uh, to show that green survives even in winter and it's going to rebirth again. But it's the there's a lot of danger with fire in the, in the home, isn't there? With some of these traditions, definitely. As well, yeah, definitely. It's um, yeah, I often probably wouldn't, wouldn't uh, think it's a good idea to put about 20 
candles on some very dry dead wood. Yeah, yeah, and that um, burning log under the bed at the start. That yeah, was yeah. So, yeah, mince pies. Rumours still persist to this day that Cromwell banned the mince pie. Um, he did, in fact, and try and ban Christmas itself, but it didn't pass through Parliament. Um, but there was, like, a, a crackdown on religious feasting and ceremonies, um, making Cromwell far more of a humbug than Scrooge. Um, articles even this year have been falsely published in newspapers perpetuating the myth. A rhyme came out in 1661 that goes, all plums the prophet's sons defy and spice broths are too hot. Treason in the December pie and death within the pot. Um, the mince pie did start out with mince meat, but changed as sugar became cheaper and it's steeped in its own traditions. Be careful when making them. You should only stir the mixture clockwise. Uh, doing it counterclockwise counterclockwise will bring you a full year of bad luck and misfortune while clockwise brings the opposite you should make a wish on the first mince pie that you eat and make sure that you have um to make sure you have good health and happiness you should eat a mince pie on every day of the 12 days of christmas christmas pudding similarly has its own traditions the pudding should be made five weeks before christmas and when making the pudding every member of the household should stir the mix three times and make a wish if an unmarried person forgets to join in with the stirring and doesn't have a turn, they will not meet anyone for the following year. Um, often a coin was baked into the mix. Whoever receives it in their portion would receive good luck. And that's, of course, they choked to death on the coin. Um, and that, to this day, is still considered unlucky. Um, yeah. So there you go. The mince pie. Still, People uh, still still say it's illegal, but it's, it's not. Um, oh. Question 21. What is held on the 23rd of December? And again, this this goes out to, I've just got a load of new listeners in Mexico, like loads for some reason. So it's my fourth highest um, listenership. So hello to those. This one's for you guys. Um, what night is held on the 21st of December in the city of um, Oaxaca? Is it A, Night of the Radishes? B, Night of the Dead Alive? C, Night of the Donkey's Hoof? Or D, Night of the Flange? Oh, <laughs> I was hoping you were going to say Night of the Killer Tomatoes, but I've got to go with D, Night of the, Night of the Flange. That sounds, that sounds incredible. <laughs> it does yeah, sound incredible. <laughs> what do you think, Sam? Well, I'd like to say the same as Tim, but I'm, uh, I'm, going, I'm going to mix it up and go for one of the other ones. So uh, the Hooves one. Night of the Night of the Donkey's Hoof. It's um Yeah, it's, why not? It's A, Night of the Radishes. So huh? On the twenty <laughs> third, the, the city would hold a Christmas market annually. In the eighteenth century, radishes grew so well they were in abundance more than could be harvested. And so uh, market stall owners just carved them and put in front of the stall to attract customers. And the act became a tradition and now they compete each year to have the best carvings. I was disappointed that it wasn't Night of the Flange. Yeah, that's every, <laughs> that's every night in this house. Um, <laughs> so 23, um, in pagan times in Scandinavia, you would sacrifice a Yule goat to the gods with the sun making a re-entry to Capricornus. The Yule goats lift on in tradition, particularly in Sweden, where people dress up as a bipedal goat and play pranks and demand food, um, looking a lot like Krampus. Uh, to the popularity of having a Yule Goat Christmas decorations made of straw to hang on the tree. 
Since 1966, the city of Gavel erects a giant straw goat each advent. In 2006, it celebrated its 40th anniversary. I want you to tell me, in those 40 years, from the year it started to its 40-year anniversary, how many times did vandals burn down the Gavel goat? 40, I'd say. Yeah, every year. I reckon it's part of the tradition. Yeah, you both have No, it's it's so it was it's not it's not meant to be part of the tradition, but um 38 out of every 40 years. Um, even now they've put up 24 hour surveillance, flame proof material, fences, and security, <laughs> and the goat's still being burned down. Wow. Um and now they even changed the law in Sweden that it now carries a three-year prison sentence. Wow. Um <laughs> But it even, is part of the tradition, but they really don't want it to be. Yes. There was a guy who even <laughs> travelled from America just to burn it down once and got caught. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, <laughs> why can you only build gingerbread houses at Christmas? Where's this? Is this just anywhere in the world? or Most of Europe, yeah, the tradition is. You can only do it in, around Christmas. Yeah, why can you only do it at Christmas? Hmm. Is it because it's too hot or <laughs> any other time of the year and it melts and just flops over? He's been watching Bake Off. Are you talking about the yeah, gingerbread side? I have. Y- yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, not the, that's not the answer. No. <laughs> um... I don't know. You're going to upset some Christmas Christmas fairy or something if you do it. I, you know, I, I I don't know. There's there's going to be a good reason though. Some cultural. Yeah. Thing. So g- ginger was first put in food due to its taste, but also its preserving properties, and it started to have mystical properties, and can even protect you from evil spirits. Um, and people used to wear pendants and made a gingerbread. But it does beg the question as to why that exorcists fight demons with gingerbread crucifixes. Um, but to answer the question, across Europe, gingerbread baking was seen as an artisan industry, and thus you needed to be in the Baker's Guild and hold a license to make it, otherwise it was illegal. The only time you didn't need a license was at Christmas time, and hence we have a tradition of making the house of the witch in Hansel and Gretel, which, when you make it, collapses after 10 minutes. Yeah, so, that's um, interesting. Yeah. There you go, so it's a legal thing. It was Yeah, it used to be illegal. You have to have a license and be in the Baker's Guild to, to make them. Because it was an artisan to protect. Oh, the, there you go. I, I, okay, fair enough. That's, yeah, yeah. So my, so my wife and children made a gingerbread house yesterday. We do it every year. Even when we lived in Salzburg, we did it. Did um, you? Yeah, my yeah, my daughter and, uh, made one. And it just collapsed within seconds. Yeah. <laughs> I was fortunately didn't because we're kind of used to it now. We prop it up with like books and all sorts of things to stop all the sides falling in. But yeah, Fantastic. it looks really cool. Excellent. You have to. You have to send me some pictures and I'll put it on the um, on the Twitter feed. Yeah, sure. And actually, um, my youngest daughter made, I um, don't know whether people have watched Wednesday on, on Netflix, but mm. um, my youngest daughter made the face of uh, Hyde. So I won't spoil it for people who, has, who haven't seen it, but um, one of the monsters in it called Hyde, she made his face to put on the gingerbread house and it looks pretty cool. Excellent. And didn't, didn't your daughter make something with lemonade just before you came on the show? Oh gosh, yeah, um, a broken laptop, a, bro- a broken MacBook. 
Nice. <laughs> uh, Which put sad. me in a really good mood. Yeah, not my MacBook, but um, my eldest daughter's MacBook. Um, the youngest daughter nice. accidentally spilt some some lemonade on it, and now it doesn't work. So <laughs> happy oh, Christmas. Dear. Yeah, it's not good. Not uh, good at all. No. That's gotten. Yeah, it's. Uh, I remember I I once got a brand new uh, Mac and literally just got it out the out the case and was setting it up, and it was when Aggie was a, a toddler. And she it's just coffee when it you dumped all over yours. Well, I do that regularly, but this one was um she she just walked up to me and looked at me as I was setting the computer up and vomited on the keyboard, just <laughs> I vomited this thick mucusy um vomit oh. that just completely destroyed the keyboard. It still worked bad to plug a keyboard in, a brand new Mac oh. ruined. So uh yeah. Um not not the best of luck. <laughs> no. no. We we have a Christmas curse in this house where every year the week before Christmas something breaks, and and this year it was the vacuum cleaner. So I just had to fork out for a new new vacuum. But one year, the worst year, um, we had a boiler for water and a boiler for heating in the kitchen, and both of them broke like within two days of each other, and the washing machine broke and the vacuum broke all in the same week. It Cursed. was uh, yeah, wasn't the best. Curse of Christmas. Yes. 25, who is the Lord of Misrule? The Lord of Misrule? Is it you, James? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, gosh. Obviously, this is Christmas-related, so... Christmas, uh, yeah. Hmm. It's not Krampus again, is it? Or... So this is, a, this is a, a, a very British thing, this one. Only it really occurred in Britain. Boris Johnson? Yeah, <laughs> could, could have been. Yeah, you can always tell when he's coming because you can hear the sound of smashing glass. <laughs> <laughs> well, for God, pretty loud. Well, happy Christmas. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so, it's that. <laughs> uh, the Lord of Misrule was an English position with the Scots having the Abbot of Unreason, um, who em- who was employed to oversee the festivities of Christmas Tide. The Lord was often employed by lords, aristocracy and the religious establishment to basically dress up like a Morris dancer and organise debauched revelry. It's not Such a bad job. Such smacking sticks together and uh, putting bells on your ankles. Yeah, I think anyone that's from overseas needs to Google Morris dancing. It's, um... It does sound a bit Bullingdon Club, to be fair. Yeah. It does. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It does, doesn't it? Dressed up in a, in a weird costume you know dancing around making a load of noise for no good reason just to annoy people the only thing that's, that's very different to the Bullingdon club is is the person that was employed was normally um a peasant rather than of the aristocracy they obviously were better at organizing a good party yeah 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 that's it yeah people um, obviously didn't present it as much if you know if it was one of their own yeah that's so it sounds a great job though and and the you know, um, the Abbot of Unreason is when I told Candy about this, she said that is, that's one of the best band names she's ever heard. It's, <laughs> it's a good band. one. <laughs> so, uh, 26, um, home to Jeff the Talking Meerkat, the Isle of Man, there is a Boxing tradi- Day tradition called Hunt the Wren, which isn't a euphemism, just before you think that. Uh, people dance. Wasn't he a mongoose? <laughs> yeah, Jeff, Jeff was, but this is a Christmas tradition, um, Hunt the Wren, yeah. Uh, people dress and sing traditional folk songs and chase models of the wren. Why do they hunt the wren? Does it bring them good luck if they catch it for the rest of the year? 
Where where do you think the tradition starts though? Where did it come from? Ooh, was a wren in a pie or something like that, and it flew out like the that nursery rhyme with all the black <laughs> I love these. You're coming up with some I love the thinking. ideas. I, want, yeah. I like Sam's ideas better than the real ones. <laughs> I like it. I think Sam needs to just start a load of traditions that we can. We he's, can yeah. well, he's got an imagination on him. I love yeah, this. Definitely. <laughs> what are you going with, Tim? Oh god! Like I like I'm drawn to like the darkness tonight. For some reason, I want to suggest that everything's got like some sort of sinister undertone to it. So like, mm. like I feel like you've got to hunt the wren because if you don't, then you know it's gonna it's gonna bring you bad luck or put a curse upon your family or something something horrible. Well, I'll read you the story. Many years ago, came to the um, the I came to the island, the beautiful woman of the fairy people. She went all through the land, and wherever she appeared, she put such an enchantment on the men by her beauty and her wonderful, attractive powers that they one and all left their work and their homes to follow. When she had them all collected in this way, she led them across an apparently shallow ford in a wide river. She herself went across, almost dry-shod, but when her followers attempted the fording, the river rose in fury and drowned nearly all of them. Upon this, the survivors brought to their senses by the disaster, gave chase to the woman, seeking vengeance upon her. But she, laughing up mock in mockery, changed herself into the shape of a wren and flew away. Uh, some say that the, this particular wren was the first to be hunted, killed and carried around for exhibition, and others that the actual witch woman escaped, which generally believed to be in memory of this event that the wren is hunted and carried annually. There you so go. There you go. Isle of Man tradition. There you go. <laughs> And uh, no mention in the Jeff the Talking Mongoose story, which a film's <laughs> coming out apparently. <laughs> no, you think, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I like. I don't know about the film because I, I, like, I should do really, but I haven't looked into it. But I don't know if they, it's, it's obviously going to have some comedic undertones to it. But apparently, that was like a, a real story. Some people yeah. down at the CF Dead who like really looked into it and this, you know, seen you know the the the, the witness reports and whatnot associated with it. And some people think that. There's possibly something in it. I don't know, but it's it's one of those really like amazing paranormal stories because it's that whole trickster thing, and it's what I always say on this show. There's always enough evidence without there being evidence. So, for example, when they said let's look at your paw prints, they they found some paw prints and took some um, plaster things of it and sent it to zoologists, and it wasn't a meerkat, but one was like a badger, one was a different animal, and one was another different animal. Some of which weren't native or even in zoos on the Isle of Man. So there's no way they can understand how these paw prints were even made. And it's all those type of things that's just incredible with it, isn't it? Yeah, see, so I, 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 I think I have to do a bit of reading on that one because it's, it is a fascinating case. But maybe I'll just wait for the film. But I don't have, you know. seen, have you seen the pictures? They're, they're so ridiculous of him. They're so ridiculous that they have to be real because they're so bad that they can't not be. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to do a bit of Googling. It just looks like you, you got like someone, a child to, to try and make a stuffed toy of a, a mongoose and then chucked it in the rafters and took a picture. It's, uh... Just having a Google now. <laughs> it just stands on the case. Yeah, it's, it. uh, it's a real, real special case. Um, how do unmarried Czech ladies on Christmas Eve find out if they want, if they're going to be married the following year? Oh, God. Um... Someone's proposed to them. <laughs> <laughs> is it going to be like you said something earlier about like finding the coin in the christmas pudding or something like that so it's, it's a tradition that they do each 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 year on christmas eve yeah 
but it's not that one. So it's unique to check. Mm. Do they get like an extra sausage on their plate or something? <laughs> <laughs> on their plate. Yeah, on no. their plate. <laughs> that's not that's not the answer. <laughs> Too many ideas. Uh, again, I don't I, I don't know, but I feel like you know um there's going to be some sort of crisp, some 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 tradition involved uh, that that is a, too obscure for me to guess. So on Christmas Eve, a single Czech lady will walk to the front door and stand with her back to the house, and then throw a shoe over their shoulder back into the house. Uh, if the shoe lands with the toe facing forwards to the door, they'll be madly in love and getting married the following year. Um, and if the heel faces the door, it's another endless cycle of battery use. So, um... <laughs> I mean, that's good and everything. How are we meant to guess this? <laughs> Jesus. She's, throwing, she's throwing her shoes over her shoulder. Yeah. <sighs> welly wanging. Welly, welly wanging. That's right. It's, that's yeah. where it came from. Christmas welly wanging. It, it's a bit like that. The bride throws their um, bouquet as well, isn't it? At weddings. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, did you Have you seen the pictures of Jeff the Talking Mongoose? Do you want to give the listeners a kind I of description? It. Well, it just looked like a mongoose to me, but I think I spelt Jeff wrong. <laughs> it's, um, I think it's G E F F, isn't it? Yeah, G E F. Yeah, Jeff the talking mongoose. Yeah, let's have a look. Wikipedia. Real photo. Ah, uh, oh, I've just got like pictures of. I prefer the drawn. drawings that some of them have done. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> What's interesting. Is- People travelled. Is it? Is a bit like it's the closest thing to the Bell Witch, where people will even travelled away and start hearing him in their like train carriage or whatever talking. It's amazing stuff. It's got some wicked. It's got some wicked uh, eyelashes on him on these yeah. pictures. Very <laughs> fetching. So, oh, there's one here. But I got it. There's a there's a, a real picture here. It just looks like. I don't know. It looks like uh, I don't know. It looks like a bloke in a. Some sort of sheepskin sat on a log. <laughs> I've not seen that one. No. Well, that's just that's just it's... Jeff. That's just Jeff who lives on Island Island Man. <laughs> Some little sketches people have done as well. I've got one here, and like you say, yeah, the eyelashes are quite prominent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It should be. Is it Simon Pegg that's done the film? It should be good. I think yes. it's a Pegg film. Yeah, yeah, that's exciting. It needs to be. It needs to have its. Uh, Premiere at the Fighting Film Festival, Tim. Oh, uh, yeah, I can dream of something like that. I would love a premiere of a film of that sort of scale. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, weirdly, I've actually, I have actually tried to reach out to Simon Pegg, um, but, you know, he's uh, he's a busy man. But, you know, well, he listens I, to the show. He's a, he's a big Fighting uh, fan. Well, there you go. I keep my fingers and toes crossed. Nice. I, uh, Simon, you get know in touch what? with Tim. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you, yeah, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> I, I have covered Simon because Simon Pegg used to actually be him and the other guy um, who's always in the films of him were actually Mick. paranormal investigators. Uh, and uh, no, Edgar, Edgar Wright is it? Or I forgot his no, name. Yeah, Nick, Nick, Frost. Nick, Nick Frost. Nick yeah. Frost. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They did. They, they were actually when they were kids used to do paranormal investigations. So yeah. <laughs> so um, twenty-eight. Who do the Portuguese always invite to dinner? Their Christmas dinner. Their family. Close. What about, the family? what about it is their family, but it's something in particular. Dead, to do with... dead relatives. 
You're right. It's um, the Yay. dead relatives. Yeah, yeah, you got Hooray. it. And they have a Christmas <laughs> feast in the morning of Christmas Day, and they leave one space for Aleminasa Pana, which translates to souls of the dead. Um, the tradition called the Consoda, um, you would enable your ancestors to sit and eat with you, looking after them so they look after you the following year. It's also a tradition to leave breadcrumbs by the hearth to ensure a good harvest the following year. So there you go. Um, 29. Olentzero is a gentilkilak. Uh, no, I've pronounced that wrong. Uh, gentilak. <laughs> yeah. They are giant hairy people that lived in the Pyrenees who threw giant rocks and built many ancient temples in the Basque region. Um, in the Basque region, the Olentzero travels at night on Christmas Eve delivering presents to all good but girls and boys. Why is he the only gentilak left? All the other this, sounds like a, this sounds like a, a Bigfoot Santa Claus hybrid that we've got going on. It does look like um, some of the some of the pictures of the Gentilla, but not not necessarily Olent Zero, who, who normally looks like a, a normal person. But the um, the Gentilla, um actual kind of folklore, they, they are very much Bigfoot Yeti kind of creatures. This, definitely. I love this. I love, why yeah. haven't I heard of this? This is brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll love the story. Can you can you guess why he's the only one left? Did he kill all the other ones in like a battle royal, last man standing? <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, he he would have fought that giant giant gobbledygook or whatever he said earlier. <laughs> the the gobbledygooker, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe maybe the gobbledygooker was on his side, and that's why he went. And he took out all the other ones. <laughs> Because with people... the and beat up all the other ones. That's it. Strangely, the actual story is even more crazy. But Sam, do you want to have a give a guess? I was just going to say, is it because people stopped believing in them, and uh, he was the only one left because people oh, a bit of, uh, to believe in them? A bit of a bit Neil Gaiman, fairies. A bit of a Neil Gaiman, huh? American Gods. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, so um, there are many traditions and legends surrounding Alentero's origin, but this one is my particular favourite. So one day, just before Christmas, an incredibly bright cloud appeared in the sky, so bright that the Gentilats couldn't look at it. Worried as what it is, they found an old man who was almost blind. So he was the only one that could look at it directly. He confirmed their fears and said that, yes, this means that Jesus was be about to be born. The old man asked the giants a favour. Could they find Jesus and throw him off a cliff so he doesn't have to be converted and live through Christi Christendom? True story. <laughs> um, <laughs> The giants all agreed, apart from Alent Zero, so he just stayed behind where the rest went to hunt for Jesus to throw him off a cliff. However... Did Jesus kill him? Yeah, well, no, the, the cloud was that bright, they couldn't see where they were going and tripped and fell while running down the mountain and all died. Alent Zero didn't, and he converted to Christianity. <laughs> and he, he didn't even the... get off the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> he became the guardian of all the children celebrating Christmas each year. Just imagine if they'd succeeded, how the Bible would be different. That's that's crazy. Nah, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. Yeah, I, oh, I don't know. Yeah, mind boggles. But I love that. That's. A I'm, I'm, I was amazed. I hadn't before doing this research. hadn't heard that story before. I that's mean, a brilliant story. I, I mean, imagine. Be... I imagine the Catholic Church would probably try and suppress it quite a lot. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's probably. Yeah, I, I'd stick it in the Gnostic Gospels somewhere. That's this. This bit that needs to be. That, that needs to be incorporated <laughs> into the Jesus story. It's, it's too good not to. We, we need know, to it's do a, true as well. It's obviously true because you've read it somewhere. Yeah, so. yeah. we need we need yeah. to do a, a documentary where we just travel all these countries and partake in these traditions and meet them. 
Well, yeah, I'm, I, yeah I, I, well, I definitely go looking for that that Santa Claus Bigfoot thing. That's yeah. what's it called again? The um the well I'll 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 lent to zero. I'll lent zero is the one that was left, but it's the yeah, the gentilax spelt J E N T I L A K. Right, okay. Yeah. I'm gonna get into that. So um I'm gonna try and pronounce this one now. The uh the Calacanzeros is a malevolent goblin or demon that lives underground and is part of Greek. Greek, Turkish, Bulgarian, and Albanian folklore. How does Christmas save the world from these creatures? Oh God! Um... This could be anything. You could say anything, here, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> like Father Christmas flies round and and like throws rocks at them and tells them to go back in their caves <laughs> for another year or something. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe, mad. yeah. Some. Yeah, maybe they're scared of Santa Claus. They're scared of reindeers or something like that, you know. And so they, they you know, each. I, I don't... It's, it's could just be, it's, could be They're allergic another... to tinsel. They're allergic to tinsel. <laughs> well, I, I heard it isn't included this included in this, but hanging tinsel comes from another tradition, which was hanging animal guts up at, at Christmas, which was a, a Norse tradition. So there you go. But um, the uh, the Cankilazeros are evil little muppets who live under the earth. Um, as they can only live in darkness. There in, is the world tree, um, and they spend their time trying to sort through it so that the sky collapses and crushes the earth so that they can take over. Ooh. However, at Christmas, they can escape. And just as they are about to sort through the very last part of the tree, they can't help but come to the surface and cause mayhem to humans. They do this until Epiphany, when the sun starts moving again, and they have to then return underground. There they find out that the world tree has healed itself and they have to start again. But they will do the same the following year because just like Buckfast is to Kevin, the law of mayhem is too much for them to refuse. <laughs> because there are tricksters and annoying little sods, there are certain things that one can do to ensure you aren't bothered by the Kilanzeros. When they rise, um, many Greeks leave a colander by the door. Um, Three is a number of the Holy Trinity, and as they're evil, they're not allowed to say the number three, so they start counting the holes, they get to two, and then they have to start again, thus never finishing and eventually have to leave or get burnt by the sun. They also throw a donut type of cake filled with syrup called a laukomedus on the roofs of the houses, along with sausages, and they sing this special song. Um, this will tempt them onto your roof, and they'll eat and will return underground once their bellies are full. People also light fires so they can't get in through the chimney and they throw stinky shoes on the fire as well as the smell would scare them away. I imagine everyone else living there, it would as well. Um, <laughs> be careful, though, if you get up the duff at the end of March, because if your child is born on the 12 days at Christmas, there is a chance that they could become a Kilan Kanzero. Um, oh, but no. worry not, you can prevent it. According to tradition, um, first of all, the baby had to be in tresses of garlic and straw and then you singe the baby's toenails. Sounds all perfectly safe. Um, in Serbia, the creatures jump on your back if you're not baptised and you have to carry them all day. Um, if you're an adulterer, they jump on your back and scratch you. Um, they're evil, but obviously they hate adultery. Um, in Turkish folklore, they stand on a street corner and ask seemingly harmless questions. But if you don't answer with kara, which is Turkish for black, you could be killed by the monsters. They also like um, audible. They're also acts like audible doppelgangers, imitating the voices of loved ones and calling people outside into the cold, where they will perish with hypothermia unless their spell is broken. If you go out, in Bulgaria, 
they perform the kukeri to scare them away, which is where they wear traditional costumes and dance to drums and bells. And if you want to see something awesome, just do a search for kukeri costumes. Each region in Bulgaria have their own versions. They're all really amazing. Some of these are like so good. You were seeing pictures probably. So there you go. So, yeah. Yeah. So we've got three questions left, which are based on the best folklore country in the world, which is Iceland. So the first one, what is Jolokbokaflod? Jolokbokaflod, sorry. Do we not get an A, B, C, D choice there? No, Jolokbokaflod. Think think of the words, bok and flod. What it might be. A flood of books. And Jolokbokaflod. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Christmas book flood. Yeah. Yeah, spot on. You got a point for that, Sam. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. So, um, yeah, it's a gorgeous Icelandic tradition, meaning flood of books, um, that first began in paper rationing times in World War II, where you'd give people a book on Christmas Eve. They'd find a quiet, comfortable nook or cranny to curl up with a hot chocolate and mulled wine and spend a few hours just quietly reading, which sounds like James Heaven to me. A lovely tradition. Nice. That's really sweet. Yeah. So, um, this one's especially for Tim. This I'll be really disappointed if you don't get this question right, Tim. Oh my goodness, so, then. so Gryla is a grotesque and repulsive giantess who lives in a cottage but was forced out of town and now lives in the caves with a third husband and many kids. And the reason she was forced out is because she loves making a dinner of stewed naughty children. At Christmas, she comes down with a sack and collects them. Also living with them is one of my favourite characters of all time. Yolokataturin, or in English, the Yule Cat. So the Yule Cat is a giant cat who stays in the caves all year round. Only once a year does Yule Cat travel down into the houses, sniffs out naughty children and devours them there and then. There is one way to stop Yule Cat, though. How will you thought her? Um, I, I probably... Um, <laughs> no, no, I can't say that. <laughs> Uh, I was I was gonna say that I'd probably call John McGowan, you know, from Cat Hunters. Oh god, what don't cats like? Um have you not come across your cat in your cat research? No. <laughs> Is your cat like a British thing? Isn't it? No, sure Icelandic, not. yeah. Icelandic, of course. Yeah, there you go. So, like, you know, no, I wouldn't I wouldn't have come across it. Although Carl has done a lot of research into um uh mystery cats in other sort of regions of the world. And he is talking about doing a field trip in into towards Iceland. So nice. that may that may be on his ultimate list of uh, of cryptids to go and search for. I'm sure he's heard of it, but amazing. Um how might you stop her? Is it not some poison? Like, like, like you know, like, they, they leave out like cookies and milk for Santa Claus or whatever. And maybe there's like a like you leave some some whiskers or a bit of kitty cat catnip. You know, but you but you put some catnip, poison. Yeah, in yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, cat, catnip cookies. So so she's just falls asleep. Uh, I was going to say catnip. Uh, about no, isn't yeah, isn't the answer? Ago. I like I like that idea though. Isn't the answer? Uh, okay. The answer <laughs> is it's just something you wouldn't ever think. <laughs> So the answer is, is to receive new clothes by Christmas Eve and uh, your locatatorim will leave you alone. So this, this idea alleg- allegedly comes from the owners of the wool spinners who would encourage their workers to get the spinning done so people could have new clothes in time um, just to increase productivity. 
And as a reward, because okay. themselves would get new new clothes from the boss, unless they're lazy and then they get none, leaving them at the mercy of your cat's fangs. Wow. So, so the final question, and this is these are I've let I've said apart from the uh, the ghost of Danny in in South Africa, this is my favourite Christmas and wow. um, bit of folklore. Um, so Greela, we spoke about before, who has your cat. Um, she she used to come down the traditional trickster way to cause mayhem and chaos for 13 days. And uh, and these are her kids. She had 13 kids. Um, and laws were passed, sadly, in 1746 that banned terrifying the kids with the tails. And they're called the Yule Lads. She got 13 kids called the Yule Lads. Um, they're mischievous, but they also nowadays reward bad, well-behaved kids. Well, before they were just pretty evil and dark. Each Yule Lad is named after the activity that they do. And I will give you a point for each one that you can name. So see if you can Oh, go. no. There's 13. Pooping. Pooping's got to be one of them. <laughs> the pooping one. That we have. Anyone yep. else? Spitting. <laughs> is one of them playing for himself? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> There's always one wayward at the back, sort of, you know, can't leave it alone. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> that Darren Grimes, you, it must be a young lad. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly, don't sue me, Darren Grimes. <laughs> um. <laughs> so it's more kind of an, an action. Like an action. If, if if one of them was playing with himself just in a cave, it it, it wouldn't really bother the people. So it's they come in to kind of cause mayhem in the home. Okay. Playing with with animals. <laughs> what do you mean playing? Playing with <laughs> the animals. animals. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how you stroke the cat. Animal bother isn't isn't one of them. I have to be honest. Okay. <laughs> um, breaking things, Sm breaking Mr. things in the house, smashing it up. Yeah, yeah, cat, yeah. It could be. So I'll read them to you. This is the English translation. Sheep coat clod. He tries to suckle ewes in a farmer's sheep sheds. Uh, <laughs> That's animal see, bothering. That's animal bothering. I'll give that you a is, point. That is your right, Sam. I'll give yeah. you a point. Thanks very much. <laughs> Gully Gork and he steals foam from the pockets of cow's milk. Again, he steals foam that's animal from the bothering. milk. Yep. That's animal bothering again. <laughs> Dubby and he's short and steals food from frying pans. Spoon liquor. <laughs> Spoon liquor. Pot scraper, aka pot liquor. He steals unwashed pots and licks them clean. Bowl well, liquor. Um, so he steals... Well, <laughs> What just cleans him by licking him? Yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm well, not eating it at your house again. Um, so bowl liquor, he, he steals bowls of food from under the bed because back in the old days, Icelanders used to sometimes store bowls of food there, convenient for midnight snacking, of course. Door slammer, who stomps around and slams doors, keeping everyone awake. Skyer a gobbler, he eats up all the Icelandic yogurt called Skyer. Sausage swiper. <laughs> So maybe, maybe you were right, Tim. Oh, no. I'm going to give you a point. <laughs> yeah, he deserves a point for that. So, also, nowadays, swiping. 
nowadays called Darren Grimes. He loves uh, stolen sausages. <laughs> <laughs> Window peeper. Um, he likes to creep outside windows, sometimes stealing stuff that he sees inside. Door sniffer. <laughs> Door sniffer. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's not going to bother me if he's just out there sniffing the door. Well, he, he has a huge nose. He sniffs like in your your door, and then but he he also loves baked goods. So he if he sniffs it, he'll come in and nick him. Yeah, I won't want anyone sniffing my door. <laughs> meat hook. <laughs> he snatches up any meat left out, especially smoked lamb. Candle beggar. He steals candles, which were really worth a lot in, in Icelandic time. So there you are. They're the 13 Yule lads. Incredible. So, what a bunch um, of lads. Yeah. It's like, I think, you know, were they like the original So Solid crew sort of thing? <laughs> Do you think that's where, where they got the idea from? They're the original Postbox Massive. Yeah, they are the original Postbox Massive. Yeah. <laughs> Post oh liquor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was a lot of licking going on there, weren't there? There was yeah. a lot of licking, you know. Yeah, so they, they, they were um, back in the day, they were a bit more terrifying, though, and, and laws were passed in 1746 because kids were so terrified, like they were started probably getting mental health and PTSD. And what the parents were teaching them, you know, you, you either behave and get new clothes or a cat's going to eat you. And then the Yule lads will come down and torment you for the rest of the 30 Yeah, sausage. yeah, it's sort of like evil Christmas time, sort of like so solid crew are going to come down <laughs> and, you know, wreak havoc on your house. Yeah, I wonder if this is where Santa's elves comes from, though, the idea of that in tradition, maybe. But instead Maybe of making not. toys, they, they, they swipe your sausage. Yeah, 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 yeah that's it. Sausage. They come in and lick your frying pan or whatever it is. Like, <laughs> sniff your front door, lick your frying pan, and then swipe your sausage. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a bit of a weird one, isn't it? It's, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't make the best horror film. Let's be honest. Imagine putting that on the report. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, officer, they sniff the door, they lick the frying pan, and then they swipe me sausage. <laughs> You're going to get done for wasting their time, aren't you? Yeah. I mean... <laughs> but yeah, apparently that's just a normal Icelandic night. <laughs> so have to visit. Christmassy. Christmassy. Yeah. I'm feeling Christmassy now after that. That's, that's not bad. Yeah. So there you go. That, that's the quiz. So who, who wants to know the scores? Go on then. Go on then. Yeah. So, well, Kevin, who was only with us uh, for, for half of it, came last, but only by one point, which is... <laughs> Yeah, he managed to nearly hold the lead until yeah. like right until the end. <laughs> and then um, in joint first place is Tim and Sam with five points. Hey, hey. Awesome. oh, that's really nice. Hey, <laughs> I don't and, mind uh, sharing it with Kevin anyway. He was a good, he was a good guy. Well, uh, the, the, yeah, the prize semi, yeah. is a, a pooping log. So uh, yeah, congratulations. Oh, thanks. 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 I tell you what, Sam, you can you can you, you can look after the pooping log. Oh, you know, for this for this Christmas, if it if it does genuinely, if it does produce a gift after you've beaten the crap out of it, then yeah. I, I would be interested in having it next year. So, yeah, nice. But, yeah. I'll give it a, a jolly good hiding. Yeah, g- g- give, give it a good beating. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, do, do you uh, do you have any Christmas traditions that you do that's a bit weird and different in your house? We we had one um, where. The 16th of December is um, my mum's birthday. And every year the Christmas fairy would come and put up the Christmas decorations. So we had a Christmas fairy and she would come every 16th of December. 
and no one else did that. But also, I, I you know, as I'm, I'm a Dutch national as well as English, and with Dutch, my dad's Dutch, and we always had like a Christmas dinner. And I remember the first time I cooked Christmas dinner for my partner at the time's family. And everyone, I thought it was like normal Christmas food and they were all a bit weirded out by what I made with like um, yeah. re- red cabbage with kind of nutmeg and cinnamon and raisins in it and things like that. So, That's different. Yeah. yeah like, give, it, I, give it a try. I am making it again this Christmas. It's um, it's nice. I, I like it anyway. Is there any, any like strange traditions that go on in your house? Well, uh, I, I have to say like, you know, usually... Christmas for me, like I, like I do like to get drunk in the bath on Christmas. You know, like it's a TV in the bathroom, so you put something like you know, and and you know, Christmas time. You know, what better way than you know drinking mold wine or mold mold buckfast in the bath? You know, <laughs> don't don't forget to save the last tankard though for the apple tree, man. No, no, of course not, of course not. And you know, then you got to have a nice Christmas movie, like, like you know, everyone says the, uh, it's become a bit of a cliche now, but Die Hard or something, you know. So I was like the Jack Frost movie, um, yeah, uh, the, about the Killer Snowman, that that yeah. that version of it. Have you seen that one? I'm yeah, the um, stop stop motion one. No, no. So uh, no, um, well, I don't know. It might have used stop motion in it, but um, it's got Shannon Elizabeth, who's an American Pie in it. Have you seen? Oh that? no, no. I thought you meant like the really old Jack Frost, like weird um, animated <laughs> one from the. Uh, so the story is in, in in a nutshell: like Carnage follows the, 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 this thing. So it's like this this um, death row prisoner who's about to be executed. So they're moving him to the execution block, and he's in this secure wagon, and it's a blizzard because it's Christmas time. So you've got to have a blizzard. But just so happens on the road coming the other direction as he's just about to get to the the execution block and that is is another truck and it careers into you know into the prison truck but this this other vehicle was carrying nuclear waste so it creates this radioactive sort of killer snowman thing that's what happens so that's blizzard combined with the radioactive waste and the serial killer it's amazing it's one of those films it's almost so bad it's incredible Right, it sounds it does sound incredible. I'll have to check that. So out. that's that's a favourite every Christmas. Get that one out. Have you seen the Christmas Martian? <laughs> no, but I want to. It's it's amazing. It's on YouTube for free. It's it's one of the worst, most brilliant films you'll ever see. It's so bad you have to see it. And um, right. it's this this Martian, and basically it looks like he's got like. Do you remember like like you get? Well, you still do when you buy oranges. They're in like that orange, like plastic netting. Yeah. Well, the entire costume is pretty much him with just one of those on his head, and uh, I'll po- I'll post a link in the show notes. And oh, I've, I've got some stills of it here. Oh, my, it's from the seventies. It looks yeah, it looks incredible. It's terrible, and he just um, like makes weird noises and sweets suddenly appear and things. It's definitely worth a watch. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Sam? Have you got any uh, Christmas additions that are different? No. <laughs> I haven't, no. I'm afraid. Well, Scott no. Scarborough's got a few, hasn't it? So on on Boxing Day, um, in Boxing Day, it's called Woman's Day in Scarborough. I thought I didn't realise that not everyone else did it. Um, and basically, it's, it comes from the fishermen who were like, I think the the fishermen on on Boxing Day, the fishermen's wives were like, in very Scarborough Yorkshire way, were like. I've done up work. You could stay in and watch kids while I'm off out getting pissed. And um, yeah, women, all the women go out and get drunk. 
um, and the men have to stay at home. So that's a Scarborough tradition. Um, it's Women's Day, but the the day kicks off with rough racing on in the pier and uh, on the harbour, sorry, and a game of football between the um, the fishermen and the firemen. So there's some local traditions. I love all of those quirky sort of like British British things, you know. Like, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I just wherever they are from around the world. But like my favourite one that springs out when you're talking of weird Christmas traditions. You ever watch that show? Would I lie to you? Yes. Yeah. James A. Caster tells a brilliant one on there of a Christmas tradition where all that you mentioned firemen there, but it was the local volunteer fire brigade. They get a barrel on a rope over a river and have to shoot their hoses from one side to the other. And it just sounds like mental because like all the villagers gather on this weird little bridge nearby and get drenched by the firemen's hoses. And it's like pointless fun, but you know, once it's started and it becomes embedded in the local culture, you, 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 you've got to carry it on, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we've also got one on, on Shrove Tuesday in Scarborough, which is, um, it's called skipping day. And so they close the road on the foreshore and literally they even close the schools. Everyone comes down and skips. And that's been a tradition for hundreds of years. <laughs> and it would have just started just, with it again. I'd love to some... see you and Sam going down there, just skipping we down do. the road. Oh, we do, don't we? Oh, yeah, we've been down, but it's our kids who are usually skipping, not us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, it, that started with, with again, with the, um, I think the fisherwoman's had some time off on Shrove Tuesday afternoon so they they ring the pancake bell at midday and then because they were f- fixing the nets they they then just got their rope and started skipping and that was it it just carried on from there i love those type of things anyway we're running out of time guys so um i want to thank you so much for your time and i want to wish you all um wish both of you a, a very happy christmas i hope you have a really good one oh and likewise to you, to you both and thank you so yeah. much for coming on the show i hope, I hope you've enjoyed it and learned something it's been a blast it's been a blast thank you for having me and we'll catch up in the new year i'm sure guys yeah take care yeah have a great christmas both and and to all your listeners too enjoy the holidays happy new year happy new year Happy Christmas, everyone. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah and whatever religion you are. Happy winter solstice, any of them. Um, thank you so much for listening and tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it and found it interesting. I think it doesn't matter whether you're a Christian or whether you're a Muslim or whatever. But it's just a really fascinating history and folklore. I absolutely love it. I hope you found it as interesting as I did researching it and writing it. It's uh, something I'd probably like to make a book one day on. There's just so much there. There's so much I couldn't include as well. I was like, no, I need to stop now. I spent two and a half days writing and researching and and went down so many rabbit holes. Just absolutely fascinating. Um, I really want to just say massive, massive thank you to everyone donated to to Coffee um, this month after the last show. So grateful. It was... um, it blew me away, actually. I, I have to give a, a really extra special thank to Miles, who, um, your generosity, um, it, I actually, I cried, I'll be honest. It was two in the morning, I, I logged on um, just to get the link and saw that, and it, it blew me away. Thank you so much. That was so, so kind. And um, as I say, it's uh, I, I pay for hosting it, and I bought a, a new Mac just to be able to 
uh, do it. And so it's nice to kind of cover those costs. So thank you so, so much to everyone. And thank you, Miles, and everyone else that donated. Um, it would be really nice if you could just write a little note with your with uh, your name just so I can give you a shout out because it's not just words. My, my appreciation's deep. So, um, yeah, thank you, uh, Derek, as well, and Janice. Um, and uh, Nick's, Nick's, of course, has donated as well. So thank you so, so much, everyone. Really, really appreciate it. It's so, so kind. Thank you. Um, I did get some shout outs. This is amazing. Um, so Gareth Jones, so Gareth's a friend of mine who um, discovered the show. He's a really just sweet, lovely guy. Um, so happy Christmas to you, Gareth. Thank you for asking for a shout out. Um, also Johnny, who has um, listened to the show when he was doing some plumbing and went back and listened to the entire <laughs> back catalogue in a day, pretty much. Um, or over a few days while while working. So happy Christmas to you, Johnny. I got a, an email from Jay. I assume it's to be read out, Jay. So um, I hope you don't mind. Hope that's okay. Um, when I when I called for Christmas shout outs, it said, um, "Thank you for all your hard work." As a fellow dyslexic and soon to be tested for ASD, which is um, autism spectrum disorder, for those that don't know, um, at fifty three and a lifelong lover of high strangeness and follower of Charles Fort and the Fortu movement. It is a pleasure to see you advancing the cause and know how more confusing, complex, frustrating and time-consuming it all is to do, which other non-neurodiverse people may find straightforward. Looking forward uh, to tonight's quiz show, and I think this is uh, to everyone. Um, Merry whatever you wish to be, just as long as it's meant with love, care and compassion from Jay. Thank you, Jay. Um, thank you so much. That is so wonderful that you are getting the, a diagnosis even at 53 years old. That's that's brilliant. It makes such a difference to your psyche and how you view yourself. There's so much more of a difference by seeing yourself as a, a you know neurotypical person that's actually doing well, as opposed to, you know, if you don't get a diagnosis, you might see the things that you've got weaknesses in as a failing and you're a failed neurotypical person. And if you know that certain things that you struggle with is due to your neurodiversity, you, you actually put more effort into um, putting things in place to kind of help you and support yourself. You know, like I have to put things in my calendar to ensure that I, I remember things or I forget everything, um, for example. Whereas just instead of going, I'm just useless, I, I can never remember anything and getting angry and upset with myself. So there's a massive difference and every, you know, I've, I have a massive campaign. For those that don't know, I do, um, I lecture in, in ADHD in particular, also a little bit with um, ASD. And um, I'm really trying to campaign that we, we stop calling it a label because it's a diagnosis. It isn't a label. And by calling it a label, it's putting negative connotations on it. So it's really important that we start talking in those languages and encouraging diagnosis. Because if you don't have it, you, chances are, unless you've got attachment disorder, which is one of the only things that you get misdiagnosed with, with ASD and ADHD, it's very unlikely that you will get the diagnosis. So um, it has such positive outcomes, even demonstrating like early diagnoses for some people lead on to um, positive life outcomes for them but also for their children so I really you know that's there's a little a little rant for you guys <laughs> but anyway this is the 14th news podcast we'll have to save that for a different show um, hopefully I will be doing that soon I know I have been in touch um, with someone who, who got in touch about doing money saving for neurodiversity so that's that's what I'll I'll talk about on there. Um, but yeah, much love to everyone. I'm, I'm not, I'll just keep running all night and talking, but I've got to go. I've got to feed the kids and I've got so much to do. <laughs> um, I've still got all the presents to wrap and everything.
but they're upstairs. I don't want to hear. So uh, yeah, I just want, yeah, just really want to give give thanks to every single person that listens. Thank you for listening. Thank you for spreading the word. Thank you for you know subscribing and tuning in each time. Um, as I say, I see these names and numbers um, from different people all over the world, and I do look at them and wonder who you are. And you're, I know you're individual human beings, and I just find it absolutely amazing. Isn't it wonderful, the internet, that I can look and, and someone in a country in Africa is listening to this show. And then what I also love, which is a real um, kind of seal of approval, is is normally a new country starts listening, and then immediately there's loads more downloads, which must mean they're telling people, and then more people are listening. Um, it's It's... It's either the US or the UK. It keeps changing, which is the biggest listenership, um, and then and then Canada, and then it's now Mexico. And we've just started, even though we're we're neighbours, we've just started getting listeners in 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 Ireland. So hello to whoever that is. Uh, yeah, get in touch. That is one country that um, Kevin, who was on the show actually, is visiting next year, um, and uh, has invited me to go go over with him. I'd I'd love to go over and just do some ghost stories and research there it's, and look at the fairy things and all the folklore. What an amazing country. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to ramble on anymore. I keep rambling. I just, it's hard to convey what I'm trying to say is it's very hard for me to convey my level of thanks to anyone that even spends a second of, you know, one minute just just leaving a review or telling someone or um, or liking it. And just the fact that you listen to this thing that I do, that's just me sat I'm currently sat at my desk <laughs> in my front room recording on a, the night before Christmas Eve and then you listen to it and it's just wonderful. And and again, I, I can't say it enough, you know, thank you so much, Miles, for your generosity and everyone else that donated to to um, to coffee. It's it's greatly appreciated. There's still time as well to, to win the ghost. It's on the Twitter. I've pinned it to the top. So go and like and, and uh, re- retweet that. And um, also go on the original Vault's Ghost Twitter, um, Twitter, Instagram feed as well and like that. Um, that'd be great. So follow, follow them there. I'm rumbling my words because I'm tired. <laughs> so I'm going to leave it there. Just uh, it's a really hard time for some people this time of year. It's a really hard time. Um, and I want to recognise that. It's the highest time of year for suicide. Um, and... What I want to say to those people, as you know, I've lost my brother and people very close to me through that. And you think you're not loved and it's not true. I always put this message out every Christmas, as you know. Um, that's that's the brain making you think that. That's the, the illness of depression. And even times are really hard at the moment, especially in this country in particular with paying for bills and things. Things will get better, they will. Um, and all I ask you to do, I know it sounds simple and maybe it is, but that's all we need to do is, is just go to bed tonight and try again tomorrow. And may this show have brought you some some laughs and, and maybe some facts that you've gone and gone to research yourself and a lot more into and fill your fill your mind and day. And I know some of you have been in touch and say that, you know, you, you have felt down and the show helped. And that's another reason why I really do it. So for you guys that, that are feeling like that, you know, just 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 do that. Just do that. Because who knows? I mean if someone told me when I started this that in 10 years' time I'd be doing a Paranormal 14 podcast, I'd be like, oh, I, I couldn't do that, don't be daft. And here I am doing it with, with new listeners every single week. 
Um, so it's it's wonderful. You never know what you're going to do. And like I said on the video I put on TikTok, I'll put the link. You could be sat on a beach in 10 years' time, madly in love, staring into the eyes of someone, you know, that you've fallen in love with. Who knows? Or an amazing gig. Or, you know, a football match or anything. Or just meeting a new friend that's just, you're like, where have you been all my life? What a friend and connecting with. Um I also want to give a shout out to um, to Alan, who who really struggles this time of year. Who who's who was um, he's like my brother. Um, I know he struggles, so I want to send him some love. And to my actual brother uh, over in the states, because he listens as well. He's he's near to Kevin actually over in California. Um, he he knows how much I love him too. So, and um, you know, finally as well, um, my kids and Candy, who you know came into my life through the show and uh is has just been been wonderful and she um is so supportive she listens to the show as well and really supportive of me and everything i do and um she means the world to me so thank you candy because without your support um the, i think the last few shows might not have happened um i've been really poorly for the last few months which is so why i'm so behind at christmas um and you've really helped just in terms of covid and long covid and all those other things been on antibiotics i'm on the antibiotics for the third time in, in two months can you believe it but um, after Christmas, I'm going to have rest and I'm going to sleep a bit and I'm going to put some shows out that are just interviews with people as well. So that's something to look forward to. And if, I'm going to try and start the James Cuppet Interviews podcast, which will be different. It won't be 14 stuff. It will be other things that I'm interested in and just people I'm interested in and just talking. So I'm going to put that out. I've done the artwork, finally. Um, we're going to do that and got one lined up which is going to be really exciting which is about actually it's about neurodiversity and money management with someone who's an expert in that so that's going to be really interesting but it's not just going to be about that it's going to be I'm really interested in the people I'm in, interviewing as well so we're going to do that and uh, maybe get four listeners who knows <laughs> anyway I'm rambling I need to stop rambling much love like seriously I just want to what I want to do is just oomph um, love and happy wishes to everyone that listens to this show down this mic into your ears into your room or your car wherever you're listening to this and and with the utmost absolute sincerity I can muster um, wish you all a really lovely happy holiday whatever religion you are whether you're not religious whatever belief whether you're alone or with family I just want to give you a, a bit of um, blessing um, and best wishes and good luck good fortune, good health, everything for the new year. Um, you guys do mean the world to me. Um, really, you know, people say it. it I, I keep saying this, people say stuff, but anyone that knows me will know that I struggle to not tell the truth and um, I find it very difficult. So if, if I say it, I really do mean it. And um, I, hope, I hope that conveys into some happiness and and. And, and goodness in your life because it's just my way of saying thank you to listening I'm not going to ramble stop rambling James <laughs> catching what I'm like to live with eh? Um, so yeah anyway happy Christmas minkies happy holidays much love best wishes have a happy new year um, my, my email box is always open go on Twitter as well on there and, and chat to me for your news podcast but until then happy new year much love, mate, kids. Good night. Thank you for listening to the 14 News Podcast. Please check the show notes for the link to coffee to buy James a cup of coffee to help him stay awake while he writes the show. 
You can also show your appreciation by leaving a review and telling your friends. Until next time.